0: Johnny, you're out of your element. Welcome to the Movie Ladder Podcast. Where we're all about cinematic connections. Each week, we're discussing a movie that connects to the podcast from the previous week. My name is Zach Brooks, and I'm joined by the dude, Brenna Fitzpatrick. You can call me Fids, Fidzy,
1: El Fidsarino, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. Anyway, uh, Zach, what's going on? Good to be Let's, here.
0: We are, and uh, I'm really excited because we're joined by somebody who does not roll on Shabbos. That is Alex Chester.
2: Welcome. Shomer fucking Chavez.
0: Yeah, Shomer Chavez. Welcome to your movie ladder debut, Chester.
2: Thank you. Uh, very excited to be here. You messaged me last week and you said, hey, uh, I thought you really loved Boogie Nights. And and then I said, yeah, I like it, but I don't love it. And uh, But I do love Big Lebowski. I actually checked um, on, on one of my other podcasts with Akiva Wieneker we did in 2016. We did. We ranked the top 100 movies of the previous 25 years. So like from 92 to 16 or so. And I checked. Uh, I had Boogie Nights number eighty-two on that list, on my personal list. So that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. But I had Big Lebowski all the way up at number two. Wow. So it's uh, if it's not my favorite movie of all time, it's definitely a you know it's on Mount Rushmore. It's in the conversation.
0: And hey, so. what was your number
2: one? Uh, number one for me on that list was Gladiator.
0: Gladiator. Uh, I just pulled up because I also had that list. I made that back in uh, June twenty seventh, twenty sixteen, mm-hmm. and my number one was Children of Men, followed nice. by The Dark Knight, Pulp Fiction, that thing you do, and then. Uh, Fargo, which will probably come up later in this podcast.
2: Yeah, it might, it might come up.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yes, as Chester mentioned, we will be discussing the Big Lebowski this week due to a uh, cast and uh, sprawling LA connection to Boogie Nights, and among porn. other things.
1: And porn. And porn. That's that's porn.
0: Mm-hmm. There is there's porn in both movies. Uh, then at the end of the episode, we will take uh, we will take suggestions from the listeners and us, your hosts to decide on our movie for next week based on those suggestions so we'll be spoiling the big lebowski so if you haven't watched it we'll put a timestamp in the podcast so you can jump ahead uh, although it is playing on netflix until the end of the month until the yep. end of august i got that warning after i finished the movie it said you only have to, august yep. three yeah. hours to watch this yep. um, so if you're listening way in the future maybe it's on peacock at this point or uh paramount plus or something
2: i'm also interested to know uh you know listeners uh let brendan um and well, uh, le- 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 le. sorry, <laughs> that out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just totally triple to words. I'm also interested Yeah, second time. <laughs> I'm also interested to know and listeners, you can let uh, Brendan and Zach know if you haven't seen this movie because it's the movie that I've seen more than any other movie by like a huge margin. It's always shocking to me when people haven't seen it. I know Bill Simmons has famously or always used to say, I don't know if it's still true that he had never seen this movie. He sort of made a point of not watching it. Which I would mock, except I've done the same thing with Titanic, so whatever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, because this is just a movie to me that I feel like was was always on when I was in high school, when I was in college. Mm. And so I've seen it from start to finish at least 40 or 50 times, but I've seen bits and pieces of it, I feel like, in the hundreds. Wow. Is this the beat-for-beat beat most quotable movie
1: of the last 30 years, mm. would be my question. And I think the answer might be yes, because <laughs> I know that I have friends who will quote this movie back to front stem to stern like every hour of every day if they get on a roll especially you know i mean there are just so many quotable scenes every line is really watchable and really memorable to me so
2: yeah yeah i agree i would throw Enderman have... in there as a possible yeah. one also
0: anchorman's a good one in terms of mm-hmm. quotability uh for me i don't have the uh history with this that you guys do i mean i have my friends all like it a lot uh so much so that my roommates in college named one of our cats donnie we adopted <laughs> two cats in college they were donnie and borat just to give you a timeline of when we when we adopted the cats borat is still with us donnie uh also may have had a heart attack i don't yeah. know <laughs> uh something donnie didn't make it i did like movie- seeing donnie go yeah um uh, But I, and so I've seen this movie a few times and I don't have the reverence for it that everybody else does. Um, and I liked it, but I mean, you know, just, I don't want to jump too far, but I do like it better on this watch. Um, and I like how well written it is, but it's still like the movie in general is just such a mess and like hard to follow. I was like, as I was, as I was getting ready to talk about this today, I'm like, how the hell am I going to talk about this movie? Because it just kind of is so all over the place. Um. And so I don't know if I'm going to be quite as as high on it as you two, but well, uh, just because I don't have the reverence. I
1: think it's a, what, I, what I would call the ultimate hangout movie. Like, it's a movie you throw on in the background on a Friday night when you're hanging out with your friends, mm-hmm. and then, like, suddenly you'll shut up for five minutes because you remember this one part. Yeah. And then you'll go back to, like, your conversation. That's you true. Know? Like, it's a it's a hangout movie.
0: Yeah. Sure. Well, so, and, you know, and we're excited we get to hang out with Chester tonight because he's really going to tie the podcast together uh yeah. he brought all kinds of charts and rankings and if you've listened to any of his podcasts you know he is a man who loves his excel spreadsheets so i am very excited to hear all of those rankings and and uh, infuriate everybody with his number one pick uh yeah. just like now, you might I be a question.
2: Uh, we can yes. discuss adult themes obviously right we're talking about the big lebowski oh yeah yeah, so, yeah. so sure. I, I think that you you said how the movie's a little bit of a mess and i think this is where we need to discuss marijuana Um, the first, Mm -hmm. you know, many, many times that I saw this movie, I, I had not ever, uh, well, I I don't know if I had ever smoked marijuana at the time that I saw it, but I wasn't uh, under the influence of that when I watched it. Um, and then the next many, many times that I saw it, I was, and now that, you know, I've had those second viewing experiences, I'm not really sure how I had the first, because I think it's almost designed, you know, it is like such a classic stoner movie. Even you know Sam Elliott, who's not perceived, I think, uh, as as a stoner, like. In the opening montage, he starts talking, and then he sort of, like, loses his train of thought, and then he actually says, well, I just lost my train of thought here. Mm -hmm. And it's like, even he's clearly stoned, and I think that, like, the idea is, like, the narrative can get a little bit confusing at times. You obviously have these two extremely stoned montages um, in the middle of the movie, and I think it's almost like an intention, it's an intentionality by the Coen brothers, like, you know, like, to give you the feeling, whether or not you are inebriated, of sort of being under Um, under the influence of something and so Mm -hmm. i I would think that's an intentional thing on their part
3: i I think
1: so too i mean i went into this expecting to be lower on it and then i sat down on my couch with a couple of white russians and Mm. the more i'd sipped on those white russians the more i remembered how much i enjoyed this movie and three white russians later i was like (laughs) ready to come on and talk about talk about this movie on the podcast so
2: now uh, you made those yourself or did Jackie Treehorn make them and uh, throw a little extra in there. Uh, no comment. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Uh, our Beach community, Brendan.
0: Did you have, did you have a, uh, a very burnt down roach from your joint that you're smoking? I mean, like there's like little things in this, right. That it, it is, it is very well written. And, um, and I appreciated that a lot on, on this viewing. Just, you know, like you said, it's quotable, but just the, the lines in general. I didn't even write down all the funny lines, but there was just – I was cracking up for a lot of this, and I laughed a lot more watching this 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 viewing than the last couple. So I appreciate that. But uh, I think we're just getting right into the movie. I don't think we're talking about the best thing we watched this week because we've already started talking about Big Lebowski a lot. Uh. Uh, so <laughs> sorry about that oh uh, you know yeah, what it happens that. it's 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 good when it just rolls naturally yeah we'll get back to it uh but you know as we're talking if you have feedback make sure you send it in at ladder movie on twitter the movie ladder at gmail.com and uh, follow us on letterbox the movie ladder make sure that you send us uh your feedback and next movie suggestions for whatever we pick next week all right uh so like chester why don't we what how many watches is this of of this movie for you how many times have you, have you seen this movie
2: yeah, so it's, it's a really high number. Um, I I, watched it, I mean, I watched it three times this week in preparation for this podcast.
3: <laughs> You're very committed.
2: Um, yeah, and it's, uh, you know, so it, it, if you want to know the best thing I watched this week, it was probably this uh <laughs> all three watches. I'm Perfect. trying to think of what other movies are really high up there for me. Uh, Ten Things I Hate About You. I saw that movie so many times in high school. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, but that's, I mean, it's a good movie, but it's not. It's a like very different movie movies. than this. Yes. Um, so I, I, I said 40 or 50 and I'm trying not to exaggerate. It could even be higher. It just, I've seen this. There was a time in my life, like when I was in college, where like the standard thing to do at the end of a night out, uh, you know, when you came back to your place, uh, with your roommates at, at two in the morning, um, you know, assuming you weren't uh, going off with a special lady friend, which uh, was not a frequent occurrence probably, <laughs> um, was to just pop this movie in and just watch it, you know, and then eat, you know, order a pizza at two in the morning or whatever. And I just feel like that happened so many times. Um, it, or I would walk in the middle of a room, uh, you know, in high, in the college or in high school or in between, or, or in law school where my friends were already watching it. And so I would just sort of start watching it at that point. So it's, it's a number that, that cannot be counted for me.
3: Yeah. I feel
0: like, uh, I had some similar experiences where a lot of my roommates would be watching. It was always like people I knew that liked this more than me, that quoted this more than me. Um, so I think I've seen the first half hour of this movie a ton of times, but beyond the first half hour, usually fall asleep or you know go do something else so this i'm much less familiar with the second half of this movie than i am from the first oh. half
2: one thing by the way you were talking about you know the quotability in the lines and you know i did tell you guys offline i ranked my top 40 lines there's as i was doing my three rewatches this week there's so many things that i say very frequently in my own life like that are that i have forgotten i got from this movie Mm-hmm. just lines I use. Like if you say, you know, Donnie, you're out of your element and Donnie was my uh, law school roommate's name. So that came up all the, and also he has a real Donnie um, vibe to him. So that, that obviously came all the time and you know where that's from, or, you know, Hey, careful, mm-hmm. man, there's a beverage here. Like, you know, that's an obvious reference, mm-hmm. but I, I say, um, I use, I use confirm or disconfirm. I say that all the time. And I had forgotten <laughs> yeah. that that's a brand thing. Philip Seymour Hoffman from this movie. Um, you know, I, you know, I just, I, I say, you know. Um, Bummer Man is is another one, which maybe that's a little more obviously from this movie, but it's something that I say all the time and that I, I kind of forget. Um, whenever I say the words, it's not fair or more to the point. Anytime I mock my children for saying it's not fair, I always do it in the voice of the whiny nihilist. It's not fair. <laughs> Again, like I didn't I didn't realize until I was watching this, like that that was just like thing where that came me. from. Yeah. Right. So there's uh, there's there's uh, there's there's many quotes in this movie that I unintentionally quote the movie, not even realizing that's where it's from. Now I will, of course, having just three mm-hmm.
0: rewatches. Yeah, I feel like that happened for me recently with something that we were watching, but I'm blanking on what, I mean, maybe it was Boogie Nights that there's just, like, lines from Boogie Nights that I forgot were from that movie. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I, there's definitely, you know, as I was watching this, the, we have two friends who used to just act like Walter and Donnie all the time, and they would yell different things at each other. Uh, and, and one of the guys actually does remind me a lot of Walter, so the whole time I'm watching it, I'm just kind of a... Uh, I'm just thinking of, of Dan as yes, Walter.
1: Their most frequent uh, use of phrase from the movie was, I'm calmer than you are, bro.
3: Yeah. Calmer than and you that, are. Yeah.
1: Calmer than you are. <laughs> and that that was like on constant repeat between our two friends. But mm-hmm. um, that's, that's probably the line that stood out to me the most on this rewatch. Because I was texting with one of those friends while I was watching this last night. And just like that also helped my enjoyment of this past rewatch was just like, going back and forth in text with him as I was watching it and getting to different scenes and being like, Oh yeah, I forgot this happens now. Or, you know, I mean, the movie has a flow to it that like every time there's a different transition scene, it's like, Oh yeah, this is a really good scene. Oh yeah, this is a really good scene. And it, and it turns out the whole movie is just filled with great scenes. Yeah. It's just a, it's a string of really great scenes that you kind of
0: forget what order they come in Yeah, until the
1: next time you sit down to watch it.
0: Yeah, Yeah. and I do think, Chester, you unlocked something when you said, like, this movie is, like, just, like, being messed up on some sort of substance, because there are Mm -hmm. just, you know, plot and character things that just kind of, like, fade in or fade out. Like, the Eagles thing, I thought that, like, him hating the Eagles was just, like, a a consistent thing throughout the whole movie, and it really doesn't come into play until, like, the last, you know, half hour of the movie where he Mm -hmm. starts talking about when she hates the Eagles. Um, Yeah.
2: And uh, so- I, I did I did a little bit of research. Yes. And um, I have a funny um, uh, story here. So T-Bur- T-Bone Burnett was tasked uh, by the Coen brothers with picking all the songs for the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Other than there was a couple that they knew they wanted, like Kenny Rogers just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in and the Gypsy King Spanish Cover Hotel California and some of the credence. But um, anyway, so T-Bone is, is, is asked to put together the rest of the soundtrack and he has a hard time securing the rights to Towns Van Zant's cover of The Rolling Stones' "Dead Flowers," which plays over the film's closing credits. Um, so, fo- so former Rolling Stones manager Alan Klein he owned the rights to the song, and he wanted 150 grand, and that wasn't in the budget. And so T Bone convinces Klein to watch an early cut of the film. And when it gets to the part where the dude says, "I hate the fucking Eagles, man," Klein stands up and says, "That's it. You can have the song for free."
3: <laughs> <laughs> nice. so, yeah, That's
2: hating funny. on the Eagles—not just a, a line in the in the show, but also a you know a real benefit to the actual movie itself.
3: So you're you're
0: a big uh, Seinfeld fan. Would you say, and so much so that you co-host pretty 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 good with uh where <laughs> you guys talk about Kerb enthusiasm every week. Uh, would you say the bigger cultural touch point of the eagles is this movie or desperado from the episode of seinfeld
2: so desperado they don't say i don't i don't think they actually say that it's sung by the eagles right mm-hmm. they say they say the name of the song desperado and then they say witchy woman of course uh, right. Elaine's yeah. attempt. but i think so for that reason i think it has to be this movie because it, it has to you know the, it's a whole plot line that he hates the eagles and then again like but like that's that version of hotel california is probably the best the best song of the movie, right? I mean, that's, yeah,
1: like, it's fantastic. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. It's
2: amazing. And so like the dude might hate the fucking Eagles man, but like he really gives him a lot of props in the movie. Mm-hmm. The home brothers do anyway.
0: Yeah. Well, that's, that's fair. At least the Eagles aren't taking a beating because I think the Eagles are fine. I don't have a huge problem with the Eagles when they are there. I definitely prefer Crudence Clearwater, but uh, yeah, definitely.
2: I, I my, my guess is maybe because other bands thought that the Eagles were sort of undeservedly popular. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like everybody hates on creed like creed doesn't suck i'm sorry like they have a couple decent songs but I think that it's just become like almost a thing. And so my guess right. is maybe for like an earlier generation in like the late 60s or 70s, maybe it's sort of that's what the Eagles were. Oh, the
0: Eagles were like the Nickelback of that generation. Yeah,
2: or Nickelback. Yeah, that's another yeah. example. Also, I have no problem with Nickelback. Uh, I, I mean, feel like so if I will say, say your favorite band. That's a little weird, probably. Y- but.
0: Yeah, I think my own prison, the album by Creed, their like early album is actually not bad. And then it's it's there are stuff that got more popular that people are like, oh, it sucks. It's terrible. But yeah. Um, yeah. But they're just like a punching bag. Yeah,
2: uh, right. Some good songs.
0: Uh, well, we're talking about the song. So you said you have a list of the top songs ranked in this movie.
2: Yeah. So I'll just give you my top three here. Uh, number three for me is the man in me by Dylan, which is during the opening credits. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your guys thoughts on that one? I was associated with this movie. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's the
1: thing is I only associate it with this movie because I don't think I've ever heard it outside of the context of the opening and the bowling and everything. Like it's, it, it works so well. Um, to sort of set up the easy mood of the movie. It's like sort of a chill song for a chill vibe. And,
3: and yeah, you, you just, just you just imagine
0: stand. a guy in a bathrobe yeah. and yeah, has house exactly. shoes in the grocery store. Exactly. Uh,
3: mm-hmm. And
0: I will say also, maybe people will associate it with this podcast because the, that's the song that I used as the intro to this podcast.
2: Mm, so. Yes. Um, so that's number three for me. Um, number two for me would be just dropped in to see what condition my condition mm-hmm. is in by Kenny mm-hmm. Rogers. Yeah. Another song that I did now also I saw this movie so early in life for the first time that you know I learned a lot of music from here but I that's that's a song that I identify only with this movie
1: yeah and I I didn't even put together that it was Kenny Rogers like I never knew that and that's really incredible to me because you don't like often think of him as being associated with a song that would be used in a weird drug trip and so mm-hmm. that they really like seems out of context for the moment knowing that but the song is so perfect for that sequence
0: yeah so i would be interested one of our listeners in particular jeff um Mm -hmm. who's a little bit older than us i would be interested in if these songs were songs he was pretty familiar with before this movie because for me almost all of these songs i only know because of this movie right like Mm -hmm. i didn't hear that song either before this movie
2: yeah, and it, but he, it's very popular artists, you know, Bob Dylan, Kenny Rogers, right. but just, mm. yeah, finding, like, deep cuts of They're deep there. tracks, yeah. Yeah. All um, right, so what's your number one? I mean,
0: deep one?
1: tracks yeah. are definitely easier to secure the rights to as well.
0: Mm, so, yeah, true. Yeah,
2: yeah true. Um, and by the way, uh, Zach, to answer an earlier question, I would say that Kenny Rogers, a uh, bigger cultural impact on Seinfeld than uh, in Big Lebowski. <laughs> yeah. um, that's not going to be good for business. Uh, and then number one, I think I already said, it's it's the Gypsy Kings version, the Spanish version of Hotel California. That's an incredible song.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: uh so i will uh disagree with you um, your oh yeah so uh i love uh the needle drop and i hate the term needle drop but it's very appropriate for this movie because there are a ton of needle drops mm-hmm. uh looking out my back door the ccr
3: yeah he's driving i always
0: i think there's half the time i've fallen asleep and then woken up to that song playing in this movie um yeah. and he's it's, it's like it just comes in super loud um and he's in it, such
2: a good mood he's so happy it's,
0: it's yeah in- and tying back to the last couple of movies that we did um, in Magnolia. There's a super loud moment as well, and same within Boogie Nights. So like all three of those, if you're fa- if you're dozing off at all before these moments, like there's a a super loud moment in each of them about an hour, and it will wake you right hmm. back up.
2: Yeah, Here. and I actually really like that as a thing to track because I feel like this is a movie that a lot of people fall asleep to. So yes, pass, so. sure, you come back <laughs> at
0: the bar, and yeah, you pass out with your with your dominance sitting on your chest, and then and you really wake like, up. The dude hitting the top of his car. Yeah uh yeah uh brendan what would you do what would you say is your your number one song from this movie
3: yeah
1: i think it's a tough toss-up between uh looking out my back door and and uh what condition my condition was in for sure um uh, but i would probably lean towards looking out my back door because i'm a bigger credence fan like i i absolutely love credence and the credence thing always cracks me up because it was my dad's favorite band and so it's got like credence CCR has a special place in my uh in my personal life that that I always appreciate as CCR reference
0: uh I also love the CCR when they say when he gets his car back and the cop is like hey but you know CCR is still in there (laughs)
2: like the the briefcase CCR is still in there yeah yeah that's who who laughs about the leads
0: yeah (laughs) um yeah exactly that's yeah that's the uh that's just some of like the the little like subtle lines that I just never picked up on. Watching it is just like the the kind of like deadpan quirkiness that's in this movie. Yeah. Uh, um. All right. Well, where, uh, so what? I don't know. Let's. Do you have the characters ranked in this movie? Because there's a lot of great characters as well.
2: So we'll start at the bottom over there. Um, a couple characters I really dislike. Uh, I, Marty. I, I you know I appreciate the weirdness and that the fact that we actually watch his show, but Marty is the mm-hmm. landlord who uh, also invites the dude over to his show. I, I don't know. Marty makes me cringe a little bit a lot. <laughs> I, I respect the confidence. I don't have that confidence in my life. I wish I did. But... So our
0: friends that always quote this movie would always say it's already the 10th, and I never knew what that meant, oh, like yeah, what that yeah. was from. I didn't, I didn't realize that was
2: from Far out.
3: Movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah
1: and... As someone who has seen plenty of bad theater working at the DC uh, Capital Fringe Festival for many, many years where independent theater shows like this would be put on. I really appreciate that sequence even if I always think it doesn't belong in this movie and we don't need it. It 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 does like hit a special place in my theater loving heart because I've been to many a show like this and I've had to like work behind the scenes on many a show like this.
0: The cringiness. <laughs> yeah, so what like... I actually think I think it actually fits really well in this because of that scene because in in these detective movies you always have the like let's meet in like a dark movie theater so i can give you this mm-hmm. this information and that's the conversation that we get between uh, between uh the dude and walter right where they're having this conversation in another movie would be taken so seriously and in this they're watching this like ridiculous stage performance so yeah. uh i love that scene i think i'm like oh i've seen this scene in so many you know film noirs and, and different detective stories which you know this movie obviously is riff is riffing on so i like that scene
2: all right. Um, so then, my next my next category is all is the reactionaries. So mm-hmm. the Malibu police chief, that guy's a dick. Yeah. And then the and then the Big Lebowski himself. Like, I, I don't, you know, he's a, he's a really dislikable guy. He's he has very few redeeming qualities. My favorite moment of his is when he says, "You have your story, I have mine." Like he basically acknowledges like that everything they said is correct, which mm-hmm. is sort of like you know very you know stereotypically like you know the bad guy in a Bond movie or whatever. Um, it's also to me like when you look at sort of the reported other people who were going to play this role before David Huddleston, it's kind of shocking. They went for some, like, huge swings. Uh, I mean, David Huddleston is a guy who I think is, I mean, you know, he's a well-respected actor, but he's relatively anonymous compared to, and here's the list of guys, Uh, Robert Duvall, uh, Anthony Hopkins, Gene Hackman, Norman Mailer, George C. Scott, and now we're going to go out really into left field. Jerry Falwell, Gore Vidal, Andy Griffith, William F. Buckley, and Ernest Borgnine were all considered. And the cones' number one choice for this was Marlon Brando, and he was the one they had in mind when they wrote the script. But by the time they were ready, Brando was uh, too sick, unfortunately, to uh, perform. How different well, would this movie be with Marlon Brando in that role?
1: Completely different, because he wouldn't be able to understand a goddamn word he well, says. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but I think, like, it is interesting to me that like this is an absolutely dynamite cast, and you know, hall of famers all across the board, and then also people who maybe weren't at that point but went on to have dynamite careers. Mm-hmm. David Huddleston for for the titular role of the movie isn't doesn't really you know line up with a lot of those people and and I think it it would be it would be interesting how we would think about the movie differently maybe that character differently if it was played by you know a much bigger name.
3: Yeah, uh, Gene
0: Hackman I think would have been great in that role. Uh, yeah, I just exactly. I'm picturing like just crazy Gene Hackman like you know playing Lex Luthor like where he's just screaming and yeah.
2: Or his character I Heart Huckabees is kind of similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah somebody well, who's a fraudster if, pretends they're rich and you know I remember
0: nothing about that movie
2: but I think, I,
1: the other thing is though that you need a character actor who can give all of the emotion while never actually moving because he's stuck in a wheelchair so mm-hmm. if you have a I think you get a different performance and I think he insists on being out of the wheelchair mm. and so therefore he never sides off on doing the doing the movie maybe Like because I, I think he's too big of a physical performer a, a physical presence yeah well, I like um, that it's,
0: it's relatively unknown. Um, George C. Scott would have been interesting, I think, as well, because we just talked about George C. Scott was going to play yeah. uh, the the patriarch. Uh, what was his name? Patriarch. Patriarch in uh, Magnolia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this second like time he's come up in three weeks. As yeah, like an almost.
2: Well, let me talk about some other uh, almost cast uh, casting roles, and let me ask you guys what you think about this. Uh, Bunny Lebowski – so very clearly there is one actress in this uh, – actor in this movie who sticks out more than anyone else. Like, what are they doing in this? And I think it has yeah. to be Tara Reid, right? right? Right. And and I'm not really sure if that was an intentional act because Bunny – I mean Tara Reid is sort of very Bunny-esque, honestly. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that's intentional in that respect um, or maybe it was just the Coen brothers guessing which you know maybe young 20-year-old actress in 1995 it was going to break, gonna break out. out and they guessed wrong. Uh, but Charlie well, I mean, Theron
1: – she did get American Pie the
0: following yes.
1: year, but yeah,
0: yeah oh, she okay. never oh, really has. Yeah, yeah. So I always think, think of her as her American Pie character, and I was uh, I I was big into Tara Reid around the time. I thought Tara Reid was was the catch of of these this time. But hold
2: on, but what do you think of Charlize Theron, who was also considered for the role? <sighs>
0: was... I don't th- she's not she's not like obs not obscure. That's not the word I'm looking for. But like like that off the wall casting of her and kind of against like so, so against, like so for type that she's against type works really well for Terry Reed. I think Charlize Theron is just like too like high like high quality. I think <laughs> like, part yeah. of the
1: thing is Bunny Lebowski isn't really given all that much to do. She has like one great scene with the dude when he sees her by the pool. Mm-hmm. And then she's sort of just like bouncing around in background, the rest of it. Um, the only other person I can really think of from nineteen ninety eight that was almost breaking out, but hadn't quite gotten there yet in on the same level was, uh, Reese Witherspoon. Mm-hmm. Ooh, interesting. She
2: would have been good. Yeah. I think
0: that's very similar to, uh, her character in the Ryan's Feltentions. Phil- yes. oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Sort of. Um, so the other, th- you know, Charlize Theron, did you guys ever see North country? No. no. So North country is a movie where Charlize Theron is playing this, uh, Young are uh, like this um, minor in northern Minnesota, and she's really struggling financially because, you know, they're not being paid fairly by their bosses or whatever the case may be. And the problem with that movie is the whole time you're watching it and you're screaming at yourself, hey, you're Charlie's there. Look in a mirror. Leave the mine in northern Minnesota, and go <laughs> to Hollywood. Like right. very, and she's she's almost like too beautiful, I think, to play that role because it's so distracting. And so very funny because in this movie, you know, Bunny. That's exactly what Bunny does, right? She lives on a farm in northern Minnesota, and she decides to go chase her fortunes in uh, in Hollywood.
0: But then she goes, and uh, Charlize Theron is, you know, plays uh, the lead character in Monster as well, so yeah. which is like, you know, uh, I mean, you know, when you say she's too she's too beautiful to be in that role, I guess it's a little bit
2: different, yeah. but um. yeah. All right, now here is a potential casting move that I think is going to blow your mind. Do you know who the original consideration was for the dude? John Travolta. No, it's too close. You got to think. You got to think crazier than that. You got to think more of a disaster. Also, David uh, <laughs> Bowie.
0: Oh,
3: David it
2: Bowie. It's Mel Gibson. No, oh. nope,
3: nope. Just thanks. the, the idea
2: soap. of my favorite all-time comedy being ruined <laughs> by like a Nazi. Like that would suck. <laughs> yeah. well, it's Also, a completely different movie. Like he doesn't have.
1: He doesn't have the laid-back quality to his acting that Jeff Bridges at did all.
0: No. At all. I could Mel Gibson <laughs> in. The, as, Walter, as Walter would make a lot of sense. Yes, sense.
2: that would yeah, make yeah. a little more sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, I mean, so he turned down the role. Uh, Mel. Gibson did actually. So maybe he uh, he realized that uh, he's like you know. But yeah, I'm really glad we don't have like a, a racist, sexist, maybe maybe one of the semi- best
1: decisions he's ever made. Then.
2: <laughs> yes, it worked out for everybody. Yeah, yeah. It worked
1: out for everybody.
2: Um.
0: But so we're all right. So uh, keep going on your list of characters. That's a good way for us to talk about this movie. It's just okay, a, sure. The characters. All
2: right. Um so Flea plays Kiefer, one of the three nihilists. Mm-hmm. i a little too hard, which is fair. He's not an actor. And this is a big, you know, this is a big swing for him, but um, he's, uh, by the way, there's so many great cameos in this movie. Uh, Dom Herrera plays yeah. the chauffeur in that one scene. Not exactly <laughs> clear why. Yep. John Polito, I think at this stage had it in his contract that every Coen Brothers movie, he had to show up in somewhere, of course. Mm-hmm. So he plays um, the And Yeah. Flea actually is
1: like, has these little cameos in a dozen movies in the nineties, so it's like really great to actually like see him here because like he's also in the chase. He and I Anthony mean, Kienis. he's, he's like,
0: famously he yeah. famously plays needles in Back to the Future Part Two and
3: right.
0: Three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least famously so, to me.
2: Which is your fav- favorite of the of the three nihilists? The four because we see the girlfriend also with the missing th- uh, toe.
0: I mean, I, I think okay. Peter Stormare. Yeah.
2: Just cause I, I love I love him in any role that he's in. U, Uli Kunkel or Carl Hungus, also. Yes. Known <laughs> yeah, I
1: I also like have to give a shout out to Mark Pellegrino, who I mostly know as Jacob from Lost. Yes. Um, and it's, so it's really fun to see him pop off here, knowing where he's gonna be
0: in ten years. Okay. You know. Yeah. So I was looking for him. Who does he play in this? So he is one of the nihilists. Okay. Because yeah. I, I was looking for him because I was like, oh, I know Mark Pogrin is in this. I saw him in the cast yeah. list, but I, I didn't
1: know. Oh,
2: so I have the Nihilists as. Um... He's one
1: of, sorry, he's one of Jackie Treehorn's thugs.
2: Oh, one of those thugs. Yeah. Okay, yeah, one, yeah. Of
1: those, <laughs> one of those one of
2: thug, thugs. Yeah, there's so many thugs you got to keep track of. Yeah, also, exactly. Maud has her two thugs, which, by the way, let's talk about like something that, that I'm a little bit confused by. Mm-hmm. Maud wants the rug back, right? right? So she sends her two like art assistants over. To beat the shit out of him and steal the rug? Like, that doesn't seem like a uh, the kind of move that Maude would make. Isn't Maude supposed to be, like, this, uh, you know, artsy, feminist, uh, liberal? I don't know.
0: Like, she would go do it herself?
2: No, I'm saying, like, why are you using violence and why do you have thugs on your in your employ? Mm-hmm. You know, like, okay, you try and get it back and the dude says, no, okay, maybe eventually get escalates. But that's, like, her first step is let me punch him in the face.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I don't know. A, a little out of place, I think. But um, yeah, it's yeah. So so my, it's, my that's favorite... why
1: it's so hard to keep track of all right. of these side thugs and who's on whose side is because <laughs> yeah. they all sort of start to blend together at a certain yeah. So yeah,
0: and there's really multiple rugs and like, Ooh. I think the rug, like the, the like the, the threads, so to speak, of the rug just you kind you kind of gets lost uh, <laughs> midway through this movie.
2: But uh, my my favorite personally of the nihilists is Franz. Franz is the mm-hmm. really tall one who gives off the, like, Stephen Merchant vibes. Mm-hmm. And I just love in the in the climactic fight scene. He's like, I fuck you in the ass. I fuck you in the ass. I fuck you. I fuck you. It's just like and, and, and he's like it's very, funny. very awkward and not at all a violent person. Obviously, he has no idea how to fight. And then Walter comes and hits him upside the head. But uh, so he's my favorite of the Nihilist just because of uh, how That's, absurd uh, he is. Torsten is um,
3: the yeah. name
2: of the
1: actor. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well known Torsten Vogues. Can I want to talk about? uh, There's so many characters in this movie who never say a word. Mm -hmm. So we have little Larry Sellers, his dad obviously, uh, who's in the Iron Lung, but little Larry Sellers has to play that whole scene just staring straight ahead, looking dumb as possible, and not say a word. It's like an over the top John Goodman who's just like two inches on your face. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) like that kid. I mean, I don't know how old he was when when he's filming this, but I mean, what is he? 16, 17, 18. That's pretty intimidating to have John Goodman, you know, going oh, off sure. you know inches from you. and and yeah, and so a uh, great job by him. But my favorite of all is, is Liam O'Brien, which is Jesus's uh, bowling mate.
3: Yeah. He's mm-hmm. in
2: several scenes. and he has to walk. he's like playing the supporting role to John Turturro just out of his mind. <laughs> In terms of just like complete insanity, how Totoro's you know character is, and Liam is always just giving him a supportive smile or a nod. He also color coordinates his outfits with Jesus. Liam Mm -hmm. is—I want to know more about Liam's backstory. Um, There was a a spin-off movie. Right, I was going to say, did you see the
0: sequel? Yeah, the Jesus movie or the
1: Jesus. Very much
2: not the sequel, but yeah. So I have not seen it. Have either one of you guys?
1: Nope. I've not. No.
2: Yeah. So the story is that. Uh Turturro had always said that he would be interested in reprising his role as Jesus. And the mm-hmm. Coen brothers gave him permission, but it was expressly, like, not a sequel. There's nothing – no other character from The Big Lebowski is in it. It's not referenced at all, anything from The Big Lebowski. Mm. Um, and the spinoff is based on the 1974 French film Going Places, right. which uh, may or may not be a cinematic connection. I don't know how big you guys are in the 1970s. Uh, random French films, but Taturos, yeah, so Taturos in that movie. Oh, Owen would be happy if we did that. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think, or I, I guess I know because they say nobody from the Big Lebowski's in it, but Liam O'Brien is not in there, and I want to know more about this relationship. How they become such good buddies that they're, they're bowling buddies? And also, I just want to know Liam's backstory. Yeah,
0: you referenced Liam in a tweet uh, earlier this week about how he's your favorite,
2: and I had to like, I was like, who the hell is Liam? I had to, like look up. No, that's totally fair. That's that's a normal reaction. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um.
1: Yeah, I think they do a really great job of setting up all of the, like, background bowling alley people. Like, there's the guy with the blonde hair that you see at the very beginning, and then he's also playing them later with, like, the blonde buzz cut and mustache. And he's just, like, a background dude. But he's like, I want to know more about that guy. I want to know more about the bartender at the bar and the shit he has to put up with in that bowling alley. Like, I want to know more about the teams that they didn't get to play. You know, I I just want a whole movie centered around... That actual tournament is yeah. like. Also, did they win the tournament? Did they go back and win after Donnie's death? That's what I want to know. Like, there's so many
2: role Donnie's like the alternate on their team.
1: Yeah, Donnie, but he's like the, obviously the best player. Yeah, but they well, don't he, let him. Death. He only
2: he only misses one pin the entire film, mm. and when he does, he's completely flabbergasted. So,
0: <laughs> uh, so is it only two person
2: bowling teams? I mean, the all the other teams only have two people.
0: Huh. Yeah, I just always assumed it was three people. So he's just there. He's, like, literally their third wheel. And then when they lose him, he's, like, vestigial. It
2: doesn't really matter when they lose him. Yeah, but you guys are right. They're, you know, they always ask um, on, the, on the Simmons movie podcast, the name of which just escaped me, excuse me, Rewatchables. Rewatchables. Yeah. You know, could this be made into a 10-episode Netflix series? And for this, I would say 10 episodes. Why are we limiting it to, to that? You know, um, obviously Fargo, the television show, is, although it's it's inspired by, they say, and so it's sort of the same theme and the same, you know, type of filming, but a uh, different story but i would love to see the big lebowski in, in any television form whether we're looking into these characters or otherwise
3: yeah i'm kind of
0: surprised we haven't dove into the lebowski well a little bit more mm-hmm. in the show far because especially as the seasons change a little bit and, and jump around like the fourth season was so different and that was more miller's crossing um than fargo it wouldn't surprise mm-hmm. me if we had one that was more of like a lebowski style season the of interesting
2: fargo. thing is though the cone brothers are Although they're not involved, I think they're credited as like producers or something like that. Right. Uh, for Fargo, the television show, right? Yeah, I think they blessed. Yeah. Them. I'm sure they yeah. blessed. Yeah. And them. so, although yeah, they, they gave they, tutorial yeah, permission,
1: right of approval or whatever. Yeah. yeah.
2: But but for so they gave tutorial permission uh, to make Jesus rolls. But mm-hmm. they had no they didn't have their name on it at all. They very expressly said there will be no Lebowski sequel. So I don't know why that is. Why they. Yeah. But they, they want to protect that and in that story. Mm-hmm. The way it is. Yeah. And
0: I will say uh, so you said Bill Simmons has never seen this. You know, we have to talk about Bill Simmons on this podcast, of course. Uh, they did cover this on the Rewatchables. I have not yet listened to it, but I uh, I went back and saved it to listen to Could I, he, I see Bill on S- that S- episode.
2: Yeah. Hmm. Was he on that I episode? It. Didn't see if
0: he was on it or not, but I because saw that
2: I it's 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 pathetic that I don't remember because I remember when that episode dropped. I was like, "Oh, wow, has he seen it now?" And but I don't remember the answer. So, yeah,
1: I'm, I'm sure I listened to it so, at the time, but I've, I've never really Yeah.
2: I, I think the answer is he wasn't in the podcast and also the, the people who were on it didn't even mention the fact that their boss has never seen the movie. Yeah.
0: Uh Chris Ryan, Sean Fantasy, Jason Concepcion, and David Shoemaker were yeah, the hosts no of that one.
2: There. But, they, so, but I think that they should mention the fact that he's never seen it. It seems pretty, like, a noteworthy thing. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, I, I, I like to listen to those after we do our podcast. Then I'm like, oh, they they have producers who do way more research than we do. Um, oh, yeah, probably. But it will be you doing all this research, so it's, it's yeah. helpful.
2: Um, uh, all right, so my, my next category is characters who I would like to – like, if we could travel – forwards in time and then back in time. i'm not sure how that would work i want to see like modern day actors playing those roles even though at the time the movie was filmed they were probably too young to do so so um the first one is the the auto circus cop that you mentioned earlier already um um mm. I, every time i see him i think of agent gomez from breaking bad
1: mm. yeah Thanks.
2: okay yeah and then the my other one is francis donnelly who uh, who's played by Warren Keith? That is the uh, guy at the funeral home who says mm-hmm. it is our most modestly priced receptacle. Yeah. <laughs> to me, to me, he looks so much like a slightly thinner Bob Odenkirk. Uh, Get well soon. And so I would love to see, you know, uh, 2020 Bob Erdenkirk go back and play. So you just
0: want all the you want all the Breaking Bad cast to be in this movie? Yeah, basically. Yes, exactly. Um, I will say, like, you know, I was thinking about Breaking Bad a lot watching this. I I think that there are elements of Breaking Bad that were inspired by this. I mean, obviously, it's it's not as funny as this movie, but just the way that this movie starts where it's the desert and you're seeing the dust ball uh, go along the desert. like That's so Breaking Bad just to see that. And then, you know, they pan up and you see the whole city behind them. Um, yeah. and also when the dude has the car phone that he's carrying around with him, which I love that, like just running gag of him walking around with the car, like, especially cause a car phone is so outdated now. Like my mom had a phone like that. Right. And I'm sure all of our parents had that, like that bag phone, but he's walking around with it and it's just ringing over and over and over again. And it just reminds me of some of those tense scenes in breaking bad when the phone is ringing off the hook. Um, like when, when Walter is under the house, for example, or, um mm-hmm. uh, when, uh, I think there was another scene too. I think in *Ozymandias*, the the phone is ringing off the hook at one point as well. So, um, very very Breaking Bad esque.
2: Yeah, ringing phones and barking dogs are two common uh, you know distractions in this movie that everyone sort of ignores.
0: Mm. Yeah. Um, who about Aaron Paul? Where would you throw Aaron Paul into this movie?
2: I guess Aaron Paul could be one of the th- one of the thugs. Maybe the one who the blonde one woos partner who says we're not idiots. <laughs> Uh, let's is talk that about Wu? For right a Wu has one of my favorite lines which is ever thus to deadbeats," beats. <laughs> which is such like a it's not the kind of expression you expect from like a sort of like a very stupid thug guy who, which he's playing right. here. Which <laughs> it's a, it's not a kind of thing you hear right before someone urinates, uh, mix in your house. So. Right.
0: I love, I love the dude's line early on. He's like, do I look like I'm married? The toilet yeah. seat. Man. Like, it's just like, he just says it like just so matter of fact, so much so many quirky, ridiculous lines in this movie are just delivered like deadpan matter of factly. Um, and when you just listen to what they're saying or if you have the captions on and you're like reading what they're saying, it's just like, just a ridiculous thing, like our most moder- uh, our most modestly priced at Receptacle. Yeah.
2: The, the dude the- in particular has this real ability to, while he's in the middle of, like, suffering tremendous pain, staying committed to his sense of humor. Mm-hmm. And so, for example, you know, while he's getting, you know, his head dunked in the toilet, where's the fucking money? He gets lifted yeah. up for a second. He's like, it's down there somewhere. Let me take another look. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Or, like, the scene in the bathtub, like, the whole thing with the marmot and everything. Like, that is...
2: He's just
1: like trying to not like break, but he's there. Like it's. I love.
0: I do love how he freaks out both when the marmot is thrown into like his scream that he lets out when he's freaking out when the marmot's in the bathtub. But then also, I think it's when he drops the joint, like yeah, uh, in his lab, and he he lets out that exact same scream.
2: Yeah, yeah. We have to remember he's afraid someone's trying to come to cut off his Johnson, so he's very sensitive to injuries to that area. Um another example by the way is when uh, the guy who we re- we just recast with Aaron Paul he takes the bowling ball out of the bag he's like what the fuck is this yeah. he says obviously you are not a golfer obviously <laughs> not a golfer yeah.
1: i love that
0: yeah
2: love that.
1: that's, that's a they- good underrated <laughs> line that i use a lot also like that's yeah. in yeah. my that's in my lexicon
0: right yeah uh- yeah, I definitely would rewatch this one. Um, much like Boogie Nights last week, how I talked about, like, I just have it on the background and you kind of catch stuff, you know, while you're doing something else. This is another one that would be great to have on the background. I think there's lots of lines that the more you watch it, I mean, obviously, the more you pick up on these things and, and appreciate different things. Uh, Chester, have you ever attended, I think it's called Lebowski Fest or Dude
2: Fest? Yeah, uh, so I I have never attended one, no.
0: Okay. Uh, Mac, who I do uh, another podcast with the Fast and Furious and James Bond podcast, he's, he... Uh, is a huge Lebowski fan as well, and I'm hoping he doesn't listen to this because I don't want him to fact check everything I've Ooh. said. And has uh, he attended? Yes, he has attended. He's so much of a Lebowski fan that his—I I think I can say this—his license plate used to be Achievers with a bowling pin on it. Um, it was like Virginia had the different, like you could get, you know, a, a basketball one, and he got a bowling one, and then his his license plate was Achievers, and I did not understand that reference mm. uh, even though I didn't it before.
2: Yeah, my so, brother has gone before. Um, and my brother, because he he's also he has a lot of dude uh, sort of characteristics to him. That's it. He put, like, the bathrobe on, like, his uh, his dude uniform, and, like, went, like, traveled there, like, went on, like, the plane and stuff there, which, yeah, out of context. I mean, it's almost like getting it's dressed like for Comic-Con, but when you're still, like, you know, on the way to the airport halfway across the country. I don't know.
0: Right. It's, well, it's like the Elvis Fest that they have, right? And, like, yeah. they have that Viva Las Vegas that plays in, in this movie. But if uh, you
2: look like Elvis, I think people understand what you're going for. The dude look, you know, could just be, like, a, a mentally ill person uh, or something no.
0: like that. Uh, you said your brother is a huge fan of this. I'm assuming that's not Sammy Chester.
2: No, that's Dry.
0: I was going to say, this doesn't seem like a Sammy Chester movie, really.
2: To yeah, me. I've never asked Sammy what his feeling is about the movie. Um, now, of course, there's those. So there's Lebowski Fest types, but then there's even, you know, you can go further. There's there's Dudism, which is a religion slash philosophy, if I may quote from Wikipedia here. Although Dudism has sometimes been regarded as a mock religion due to its use of comedic film references and occasional criticism of religion in its traditional sense. Its founder and many adherents take the underlying philosophy seriously. March 6th is the annual sacred holiday of Dudism, the Day of the Dude. An estimated 450,000 Dudist priests have been ordained worldwide as of May 2017. And then here's my favorite one. Although Dudism primarily makes use of iconography and narrative from the Big Lebowski, adherents believe that the Dudist worldview has existed since the beginnings of civilization. And why did they pick March 6th?
0: Is that when this movie day takes of, place? At his birthday, maybe.
2: The day of the dude. I don't know. Is that the date? Is that the date that the movie uh, uh, came out? Maybe? Uh,
0: maybe. I don't think so.
1: That, That's something
2: we can oh. actually check. Oh yeah, yeah it you know, did.
0: It's, 6, six, nineteen ninety-eight is when it
2: came okay, out. Okay, so there we go. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I know. Uh, dudeism and like obsession with Big Lebowski also um, comes up a lot in the show Veronica Mars. Like, um, they're 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 always quoting that movie in the show Veronica Mars, and they also talk about like big being a philosopher of Judaism so it's mm-hmm. it, it definitely has uh popular culture reach
0: for sure um yeah I uh I don't think I would go so far to celebrate Judaism but I would watch this movie <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh yeah I, I wouldn't be opposed to going to a Lebowski fest if uh if all the achievers were uh fully vaccinated of course
0: right do they have the Lebowski fest in I'm assuming it's not just in one city. It's probably – So like it in- originally
2: wasn't, I think, Lexington, Kentucky or something, but now they have them all over the place. Yeah. Yeah,
0: because I, I think they had it in D.C., which is the one he went to.
2: Yeah. Uh, Let me ask you guys a question. What do you think about the name of the movie, The Big Lebowski? I mean it's so uh, ubiquitous now with this, at this movie. Point, sure. Right. Mm-hmm. But at but- the time it comes out, he's not the main – like so if you would have asked me right after my first reading of this movie, what, what is the name of this movie? And I never saw a title card. I would guess I don't. I don't. Maybe the dude abides or something. I don't know. But I just I wouldn't have thought of like the Big Lebowski as the name of the movie. What about oh, the course, Dude Lebowski?
1: Well, I think it's I think it's because he becomes the Big Lebowski by the end of the movie. Oh, because so he is like the Big Lebowski. yeah, the dude becomes the Big Lebowski by the end of the movie because the other Big Lebowski is taken down, you know, a peg, and he gets to be like the actual awesome one, and the other guy sucks.
3: Uh, I think the Big
0: Lebowski is still the Big Lebowski.
2: Well, Jeez. I mean, the dude is the one who calls him the Big Lebowski.
0: That's also
2: yeah, And of course, the dude does not identify by the name Lebowski at all, right? He sort of uh, rejects it when people call him that. So right. I don't, I don't, yeah, I'm not sure if he becomes the Big Lebowski. Yeah. But um, yeah, but if, if it was sort of a sillier movie, maybe it would have a, like a more a sillier name. You could have a, or you could have like a long, uh, a long sort of subtitle that ends with you know, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. But again, it's not, mm-hmm. it's not, it's not that kind of movie. It's a movie that sort of takes itself very seriously, even at the same time that it's being very silly.
1: Yeah. Maybe maybe if he was just called Lebowski without the the big. You know, if we did like a um, you know, Facebook thing and took off the the yeah. and just I, called it Lebowski.
0: But the thing about calling it the big Lebowski is it like builds up Lebowski as you're like, well, who is the, like, what is the big Lebowski? What's, what's big about it? And then you think it's, it's the dude that's the big Lebowski until you meet the other Lebowski and you realize that's the big Lebowski. Mm-hmm. But really, I mean, he's just this, like, yeah, he's like, he gets, demas- he gets uh, emasculated in this movie.
2: Is it, is it uh, Maud actually the big Lebowski? Cause she's the one actually running the show, right? Her father, point, she's just yeah. sort of, yeah. yeah. So I, she does I would say, have all the money. Yeah. Yeah. Maud Maud is the big Lebowski. The real and, big Lebowski. Uh, spo- spoiler alert. Maud is my number one on my characters actually. Really? Yeah. So I, I really, you know, I mean, it's, it's not like it's comparing, you know, a, a, a setup man to like an ace pitcher, obviously, like you can't compare it to like the main character. She doesn't have as many opportunities, obviously, mm-hmm. as, as the dude. But I, I really, you know, Julianne Moore r- really gets very, very into a very strange woman, Um, puts on mm-hmm. just this absurd accent, like a lot of the words she says, like thorough. I just love that. Oh, that's another one I quote from this. Movie. Anytime someone says the word thorough on me, I say thorough. <laughs> uh, which, which, how she refers to the doctor?
0: He's very I actually guy. have this as my lowest Julianne Moore performance of the three oh, that we've watched over the last couple we my third as well. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um,
2: well, I. Because uh, we well, watched I,
0: Magnolia a couple weeks ago, and then we watched Boogie Nights last week. And then. Uh,
2: all right, well, let's run through some of the, um, the the actors then who play sort of supporting roles, and let me get mm. your reaction to them. So, uh, PSH's brand. What's your take yeah. on that?
0: Uh, I mean, well, then, well, wouldn't
1: change a thing. London well, yeah.
2: wouldn't okay, change a good.
1: thing. He's
0: perfect. All right. Uh, I like so deadpan in this movie, too. It just takes himself so seriously in this role. Um, And it's, I mean, yeah, Philip Sue Hoffman, you know, just a remarkable actor. I I love him in every role I've seen him in.
2: Yeah, he's so different. Nothing else he's been in strikes me as sort of the same attitude and personality that he exhibits here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, I'd have to.
1: He does a really great job of having little quirks that make every one of his characters a little different, even if they sort of come off as stuffy or snobby in some of his 90s stuff, like this and um talented Mr. Ripley. I think about those characters, yes. like, yes. probably going to the same college.
2: Agree. That was just a year after
0: this. Talented Mr. Ripley was 99, yeah. one year after this.
2: Yeah, that, that's a pretty impressive back-to-back there. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, uh, just the, the way he – the depth – of his awkwardness. Like, you know, when, uh, when Terry, when, when, when Bunny says, I'll suck your cock for a thousand dollars, his reaction of this is my boss's wife. It's just, it's, it's amazing. And then I I think she says, she says, uh, Brad can't watch her. He has to pay an extra hundred. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And he just like has that awkward laugh and it's amazing. And it's the same one when they talk about, um, when they're going, through the awards that are all over the wall and then he gets to the picture and he's like those are mr
2: lebowski's children and he's like
1: well not his actual
2: children just yeah every uh, of the nation yes the nation when he's talking about nancy reagan yeah first lady of the nation well can we talk for a second so what is brad's job or uh, let's say what is what is the what is the big lebowski's job what what does he do i mean he runs the charity he runs He's like, rich. What does he think he does? Like, why does he work from home? Why doesn't he have an office? Maybe it's because it's sort of accommodating to to his disability. I don't know. But um, and but Brant's job, Brant never seems to be doing any actual business again because I guess the big Lebowski isn't doing any business. So he's essentially just like a personal assistant. He's like a personal assistant. His, yeah, is how I
1: yeah. would describe it. Yeah. A,
3: but but yet he thinks
2: of himself the way he's dressed and the way he actually thinks of himself as a very important person. Mm-hmm. But you don't really see anybody in this movie working besides cops. A yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the yeah. porn producer
0: and like the, the porn actors, porn producers. Right. But like, you oh, know, yeah. see
2: the, the dudes on. Dude, un- Kunkel's got multiple jobs going.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the big Lebowski and the dude Lebowski are, are not so different. Right. Like They're both uh, don't really seem to do anything. And just one has generational wealth. And the other one is, oh, crap. I, well, I owe, I owe they crap money.
1: Both in, they both like are living off of money that should have long since run out as well. Like, I mean, the dude is living off of like a novel he published 20 years ago. Or something
2: like that? Like well, we don't even know. He never mentions that. He was a roadie for Metallica. Right. yeah, Roadie for
1: Metallica. Yeah.
2: Love it. <laughs> he wrote he the original version of the Port Huron or statement. Or yeah, which I think Jeff right. Dowd, who he's, you know, largely based off, actually did. He is one of those authors. Mm-hmm. So that's a pretty good one. <laughs> <laughs> one a member oh no no, excuse me. Jeff Dowd was a member of the Ce- of the Seattle Seven. That's what it is. Got it. Okay. Yeah, not not one of the uh, original authors of the Port Huron <laughs> statement.
0: But maybe Um, maybe the dude has a future as a private investigator.
2: Apparently, I mean, Defino thinks that he's uh now Brother Seamus, Is that what you is that what one PI calls another PI? I've never heard that term before in any other movie. Yeah, maybe Irish Irish priest or
1: something. But yeah, Yeah, but I absolutely love the actor who plays the other PI. Um, he's been he was in a couple of things in the early nineties that were like straight to HBO kids movies. Like he plays like a sleazy mob guy in that Daniel Stern camping movie where he takes a bunch of boys. Bushwhack. Bushwhack. Yes. He plays the um, like mob guy in that who's after the Daniel Stern character. And it's like, I'm sure the movie does not hold up, but his performance is super. I'm
0: sure that movie is terrible. Yeah.
1: But I like that guy. He's a really good actor.
2: Yeah. So So, I mostly identify him from all the Coen brothers movies that he's in. Right. Oscar Martin Fink. he's in Miller's yeah. Crossing. Um have you seen was, all the Coen brothers movies? Uh well I didn't I rank them on a podcast with Av or my mis- Oh no, oh, I think we ranked the Scorsese have, yeah. movies. We no, I think we ranked the Scorsese movies. Uh, um have I seen every Coen brothers movie? I'm sure I haven't. Mm. Um should I look at the filmography right now?
0: You know, if you were uh I was going to say if you had letterbox we could look this up very quickly yeah i feel like someday you're going to get on letterbox and you're going to spend an entire day like uploading a your day. entire. that's my problem
2: catch 22 yeah. i'm too far behind but i just yeah. get further behind i'm looking at the list i think i've seen every one of these actually mm-hmm. i have and uh, there's a couple that i saw sort of because i was going back and i realized oh i have to cover you know cover these 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 holes mm-hmm. um yeah and having yeah, I that,
0: seen uh man who wasn't there Hudsucker proxy or intolerable cruelty same same those for me. yeah those, those are my actually i haven't seen the lady killers as well and you would think i would because uh isn't tom hanks in that yeah, yeah. i should see that one
2: Maybe uh i would say play. the hud proxy is the best of those ones that you guys haven't seen
0: yeah, yeah. And I, I absolutely
2: loved
1: uh Master. serious
0: man yeah Chester, have you seen um, blood simple yes i saw that just recently i yes. love that that was great that's like their you know that's like their first movie
1: yeah,
2: yeah. Uh,
3: before, before. Movie. That was but it already
2: has francis mcdormand i think isn't she in it right Yep. It's, yes. it's very much a Coen Brothers movie right from the beginning, which yep. there are more recent movies I feel like haven't been as Coen, but bro- like Hail Caesar, I was not a fan of. Mm-hmm. Um, Inside Lewin Davis was okay, I thought, but I mean, people really loved it. I did not I love it so love much. It,
3: yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: So yeah, Once, I, have, I, haven't, I haven't been as, like, as big fan I'm not of a big of
0: fan this. of this, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Um, I just like, I don't get like, I don't, I don't find it as funny as people, as people seem to find that movie. No, they That's
1: have another a, one where like, it's really great scene to scene. Really memorable quotes for me, and the soundtrack is
2: like
0: killer. I love the soundtrack to Brother Rockdown. Yeah, it just do not do it for me. Yeah. Burn After Reading, though. That's one that is lower on a lot of people's lists, and I love Burn After Reading. I love, I well, you really love
2: it because you're a DC guy.
0: Right. Well, yeah, it's that, but it's just like I love the. I think I liked it before I even lived in DC. Like the oh, okay. hit performance is great, um and it, it, I just love all the characters, and, and the ending is, is a classic. It's an all time classic ending.
2: Do you guys know anything about *Tragedy of Macbeth*, which is the upcoming movie they're working on?
3: Not at all.
2: So it's it's uh, it's gonna be black and white. It's starring Denzel Washington, Francis McDormand, and, and Corey Hawkins. Mm-hmm. It's based on Macbeth. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know anything about it. It's That'd uh, be fun. distributed in 24. This year. Um, yeah.
3: Yeah,
1: that'll be interesting to see how Cohen Z they make it for being a Shakespeare adaptation, but we'll see.
0: Yeah. Brendan Gleeson is in it too. I know Brendan Fitzpatrick, oh, and Brendan Gleeson. Yes. So, I'm
1: a fan I
2: mean, of all That's right what then.
0: I'm very, very yeah. excited
2: for. You know, but this movie, uh, coming back to Big Lebowski for a second, it's so different from all their other movies, even at the same time that it has these hints of them. Mm-hmm. But, like, when you walked into the movie theater, and I obviously didn't, and I saw it for the first time, you know, on a, on a VHS or, or a DVD or whatever, but I wonder, like, what people thought they were going to see, especially, like, it opens up, and it almost sort of seems like a Western, which is, you know, obviously very much uh, in the Coen Brothers' oeuvre. Mm-hmm. And... And 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 then in it kind of and it comes back to that from time to time. Obviously, right? We have we have the character of the stranger, and he has. He, I, I mean, you know, I'm I'm not. So Sam Elliott, he's another guy, by the way. I know him from Big Lebowski. What about you guys?
1: So my first Sam Elliott that I can think of is where he's uh what Virgil Irk in Tombstone is probably the first thing I saw him in, mm. and then this probably second. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, it's probably this, but I think of him more as his, in his role in A Star is Born, just because he's so good in that movie. Um, and I love A Star is Born. So it's not an older movie, but it's just one that it comes to me when I think about him. Uh, and I do think, you know, this movie came out two years after Fargo. So I would imagine people walked into the theater. You know, Fargo was a huge hit. And this is very much in the same vein as Fargo. This this is kind of Fargo in L.A., basically. It's, it's crime gone bad. It's uh, quirk, really quirky characters um mistaken it's a little
3: identity.
0: bit yeah it's a, yeah mistaken identity exactly um a lot of the same cast members right peter stormer and uh and uh steve buscemi
3: mm-hmm.
0: both in this um and so i think you know after fargo was was such a big hit just a couple years earlier i'm sure people walked in and it's like okay this is the follow-up to fargo and it it really does feel like kind of the other side of that fargo coin uh the way it balances humor and action and, and mystery suspense
2: I think of them as such different movies, but I think you're actually right. There's a lot more in common than I realize.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, the, cra- I, the whole time I was watching this, I was just thinking of Fargo. And I, I prefer Fargo to Big Lebowski.
2: Now, the crazy mm-hmm. part is the Coen brothers only made Fargo, they wanted to make Lebowski. Yeah, but John Goodman was busy on Roseanne and Jeff Bridges was busy with another movie. And so the Coen brothers had to wait a year. And so they sort of had time to kill. And they're like, all right, let's make this other movie. And they made Fargo. So.
3: Oh, and shit.
0: Uh, yeah. And then the the right after Big Lebowski, two, year, what, two years after that, I think, was Oh, Brother Where Art Thou. Yeah, so 2000. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like quite the triple feature to do those three. And maybe in a year we'll do Oh, Brother Where Art Thou to uh, mm-hmm. complete this trilogy of these movies. Yeah. yeah. Well,
1: so I want week.
2: to ask you guys again, do you, do you think of this movie at all as a Western?
1: Yeah, just because it's – to me, it's set up like that with the framing device and the grizzled Sam Elliott narration voiceover and the tumbleweed and – yeah, for sure. And, I mean, you don't have Sam Elliott sitting there at a bar asking for sarsaparilla in yeah. full cowboy regalia if you don't want us to think about this being a modern-day Western. Hmm. I mean, yeah, I don't
0: think about it as a Western at all, but I yeah. – I guess I can see. I think Blood Simple, more of a western, um, and then obviously uh, like True Grit and the one, yeah. uh, Buff Buck- Scruggs. No Country, is, yes. Uh,
1: and No Country yeah, no is
0: Country. also a modern western for sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, we, Chester, you are uh, you're going to be doing a a bracket, uh, the Yucky Juice tournament soon, which is the the soda, the pop tournament that you're going to be doing. Uh, mm-hmm. Is sarsaparilla going to be one of the options that you'll be serving at that?
2: Yeah, I I had to Google sarsaparilla. Yeah, it's it's not it's not a beer. It is some kind of a soda apparently. So mm-hmm. if I if I could find some of that, what's what's the one that they have? I forget in the movie, the I, Santa Fe. No, it's, it. yeah. it's
3: um
2: it's a town. It's some town. Um, not Santa Fe. It's a it's a two word town. I forget. Anyway, I'm not gonna look it up. And we like don't have San Diego
0: shopping. sarsaparilla or something. <laughs> yeah,
2: something. Like, yeah. It's not San Diego, but yeah. But um, yeah. If I could find some here in New Jersey, I would definitely I would definitely add it.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Jim I
2: probably did... who I believe is a listener to this podcast, right? Yes. Yep. So today, uh, at some point in the day, we look outside the front door and there's some bottles of, of something and we don't know what it is and we don't know from whence it came. <laughs> and so I said to my wife, I said, well, uh, it, uh, somebody must have left it here for the, uh, for the yucky juice tournament as like uh-huh. a thing that they're bring kind of bring with. And it's must be one of my friends who listens to the podcast and lives in the area. And it turns out, no, it was Jim Crumley. And, uh, he sent us ginger beer, which is, you nice. know, a, a synonym for ginger ale, uh, a, I guess a, a, more hardcore legit one. And yeah, so he submitted it, just showed up on my doorstep in a target bag. Uh, <laughs> and so, yeah, but then he fessed up when I asked him. So yeah, uh, if anyone wants to get you your address, stuff, yeah. <laughs> you know what, well, I guess he, he, he also floor, sent me, right? he also, there. he, he yeah. also sent me a t-shirt that says Chester's chickens around the time <laughs> that my wife was like angling for chickens. I mean, she still is, but around the time that I discussed it on the podcast. <laughs> and and I had no idea that could have been him. And I and I asked him, and he got it from a mutual acquaintance of ours. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I guess have, there's enough people. Might have been a guest this. on last week's podcast. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. Ah, okay, yes. Yeah.
1: Um, so uh, Sioux City, sarsaparilla.
0: Sioux the City, City yeah, all right. There you go. Closer Fargo. So, yeah. So, <laughs> is there any like um you know, Tarantino always does the red apple cigarettes and and the different products that kind of go between their movies. Is there anything that's in Lebowski that's in? other, like, products or anything that's in other Colin Brothers movies that you guys have noticed? Like, maybe Sioux City's Sarsaparilla, or, like, is there a Sioux City root beer in another movie or something like that? Not not
1: anything I noticed, but what
2: have Now, the show Fargo has constant references to Big Lebowski, mm. but, I mean, that's obviously an intentional thing uh, as a nod to it. Like, there's white Russians, and they're, they they yeah. have the same songs from, from the soundtrack.
0: I'm pretty sure Fargo, the show, also had a scene that was similar to the scene where he meets the stranger sitting at the bar. I yes. think the fourth season had a scene like that, because um, it, it seemed very familiar when I saw that. They yeah, also have the a young... scene
2: of the bad guy barging in while our hero is relaxing in a candlelit bathtub.
0: True. Oh, true. Yeah. And the way that this movie goes off the rails and just kind of like, you know, just kind of chasing the shiny object every 20 minutes to something different is very much like Fargo the show, where the the story just twists. And then I guess that's just Cullen Brothers in general. Fargo is like Fargo the movie is sure. like that. Um Burn after reading as well, and um, *Hail Caesar*, where things just change very much throughout. Um, all right, so I don't even know where where were we on your characters. Where,
2: uh, uh... Yeah, <laughs> let's go back to the character list. Yeah, um, yeah. scrolling up, scrolling up. Um, so Smokey is played by Jimmy Dale Gilmore, who I have admittedly not heard of, but was a well known country singer, like has been mm. nominated for Grammys and stuff like that. Uh, Sm- Smokey, yeah, does a great job in his in his one scene, I think. Um, the stranger we've talked about a lot, Knox Harrington, which is David Thewlis's character. Yep.
3: Yes. Just,
2: just the laughter. <laughs> Who also yeah, shows,
0: shows up in season, season three of Fargo. Uh, and is yes. great in that. Uh, he uh, is
2: so freaking creepy in that in that show. Uh, he's, really yeah. Yeah, he's he's really
0: scary. he's really creepy in general. And I did when I clicked on his letterbox, I saw he plays somebody in all of the Harry Potter movies or a bunch of the Harry Potter don't, movies. I do not know. He don't plays. tell him. Don't yeah, tell I, him I him. try to stay as unspoiled on Harry Potter as okay.
2: possible. All right, them. yes, yeah, yeah. yes. He, he's, yeah, uh, he's, he's a fantastic. I, I really like I him.
0: Have, I, have a, I have a theory on who he plays. Uh, mm. But, yeah, we'll see if I'm right someday okay. when I watch those movies. Uh,
2: um, so let's, let's talk about the big three for a second. So let's start with Donnie. Donnie well, So Carabazis. Before we get to
0: the big three, uh, okay. you know, I, I did really like the two cops that come to the dude's house and don't. Yes. Oh, I just yeah. think like, they're so subtly funny, especially the one mm. who's like, oh, that lead solved. Uh, the
2: blonde one, yeah. Yes. Yeah.
0: Uh, for, th- yes. Those two, in, in just like, a, you know, the, just coming in, just, you know, uh, what is it, the uh, uh, the heat check performance, right, like for this movie, like those two just come in in very limited time, I think, deliver very memorable characters.
2: There's so many, yeah, so many people do that, yeah. So I wasn't giving you my full list of characters, I was sort of skimming around, but yeah, well, yeah, you can cover yeah. everybody if you want. Yeah. Uh, what about Sherry in Logjammin, which is Asia Carrera? Yes. Uh, She's the friend who just her- came over to use the shower right
0: oh that was asia career okay um yes uh she's great as a and i've actually sent that in as a connection from last week that uh you know we had asia career playing a porn star in this movie to tie into last week's boogie nights
2: yeah i mean that whole scene where jackie treehorn is complaining to the dude about what video has done to the pornographic industry i mean that's literally the exact same thing in boogie nights right. so. exactly yep. yeah yeah um no there's there's so many
0: connections between this and boogie nights uh you I know, mean,
1: they're your your two main. I mean, Jackie Treehorn,
0: Jack Horner. I mean, it's right there. True. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Another Jack. We've had so many Jacks on this. Another,
1: another this Jack, year.
0: who's a porn
2: yeah. mogul. Yeah. Um, Let you know one. While we're talking about sex and porn here, I think yes. it's very interesting how the Cone brothers take what I would get if you were to rank every sport in terms of sexiness. I think bowling might be dead last. <laughs> and and they take that movie or that, that, that sport, that game, and they just make it so sexual. Like the, the bowling montage over the opening credits, that's even before we get to Jesus's performance, obviously mm-hmm. there's just like, our, and then obviously we have during one of the, the stoner scenes is like the, um, is the, the gutter balls montage where, you know, he's literally, you know, where he's sort of, you know, going, looking up all the women's skirts as he goes down there. But like they really make bowling into like a really sexy sport, which is just like such a funny thing to do. And sort of like, it's almost like the opposite of a low-hanging fruit. The Coen Brothers, like, what's the hardest sport to make uh, sexual? Bowling. All right, let's do that.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and I think part of that is that this movie was shot by Roger Deakins. And Chester, does that name ring any bells to you, Roger Deakins? No. So he's known as the one of the greatest cinematographers, if not the the greatest modern cinematographer for sure. So I mean, the movies that he has shot in. In addition to The Big Bowser, he's done a lot of the Cullen Brothers, so he did Fargo. Uh, he also did Skyfall, which many people think is the best mm-hmm. James Bond movie. Um, no Country for Old Men, Oh Brother Where Art Thou, Blade Runner 2049, 1917. Uh, wow,
2: this is quite more, a... Uh,
0: a like, is basically a, every Cullen movie, Barton Fink, Hail Caesar, True Grit, Serious Man, um, Doubt, he also did, speaking of Philip Seymour Hoffman. So, I mean, he mm-hmm. does a great job behind the camera, like these movies that are he- just really wonderfully shot i think he did finally win an oscar for blade runner 2049 i believe or maybe 1917 but it he had this really established career before he actually won uh won an oscar for it so uh yeah i mean it's like i probably couldn't name any other cinematographers but he's he's one of the top ones that you know when you see roger deacons they shot it it's gonna the movie's gonna look great for
2: sure oh okay yeah that's quite. i didn't i didn't know the name but yeah that's quite an Mm -hmm. impressive list
0: yeah um all right, so now we can talk about the big three. Now that we uh...
2: – oh, he did both uh... – Roger Deakins shot
0: both Courage Under Fire and The Siege, which to me are like the exact same movie. Uh, funny, I've never yeah. seen either, but I just feel like they're the same movie. Uh... All right, uh, let's talk about the big three actors uh, – the big three characters, because we really haven't discussed at least Walter and Donnie that much.
2: Yeah, it's really the big two, obviously. Uh, you know, Steve Buscemi is just playing a supporting character in Donnie,
3: mm-hmm.
2: even though – Donnie's important to me, again, because he was so much my, my law school roommate in ways even just uh, beyond the name – um, so Walter, I have pretty low in my rankings of characters because, like, he's such an asshole. Mm-hmm. But, like, in terms of how I like him as a person. But the performance is is just unbelievable. And also I have to say, like, as a Shomer Shabbos Jew, there <laughs> weren't that many, like, portrayals of that in the media at all. I, none that I remember before this movie. And so, like, this was so important. Like, for example, when I was in college or law school and I would be invited to some event on a Friday night or a Saturday that I couldn't participate in. I would always respond, and I mean, I don't even—it was before gifts for sure. So I, you know, I don't even know if it was. I mean, what have you been before YouTube when I was in college? So, but I would, I would always respond with like a reference to like the Shomer Shabbos thing, just so because it was like a way for people to understand like what the hell is Shomer Shabbos. Oh, I know because I've seen The Big Lebowski seventy four.
1: That's the only way I heard about it, or at least the first time I learned about Shabbos was from this movie. Yeah.
2: So yeah,
1: I mean, it was like yeah. Oh.
2: Okay. Uh, I have the kind of
0: opposite reaction where like it's been said to me so often because I do roll on Shabbos, and right. people are like, like it'll be like, oh, we're doing this Saturday, and like somebody always would try to be like, well, he doesn't roll on Shabbos, and I'm like, oh, actually, I, I do, but uh, like, so it's just, it just it just got annoying to a point, especially as like so instead of not... the Jew
2: using it to explain to the Gentiles, the Gentiles using it against the Jew. Yeah, they're just stereotyping.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Not all to get around yeah. if
1: you don't drive on this
0: dude. Right. Uh, the only life or death situations. Yeah. So.
1: Like
2: I'm like I'm quitting the bowling team. <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I I I think Walter might be my number one in this movie because the performance is so good and I just the character just had me cracking up all the time and he is the most like outlandish and the loudest but it just it works so much as the other side of the dude who's just kind of more quiet and reserved and weird.
2: Yeah, but but you know what? They both always end up in the same place, which is very Seinfeldian. They never suffer consequences. Like right. Walter takes out a piece and points it at a guy's head, cocks his gun in public in in a bowling alley. No consequences. Yeah. Now, almost so I almost got
0: kicked out of the league.
2: Almost. Yeah, it was Article Twenty Seven <laughs> of. Yeah, that is like the longest voice message that the guy's leaving because if yeah. you remember, <laughs> the dude has this whole conversation, uh, with, mm-hmm. with his landlord with Marty. Comes back. The message is still going. So. Listen, my fantasy football leagues have pretty detailed rules and constitutions usually, but nothing like this bowling league has. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah.
1: it's pretty wild, um, especially, like, the only real suffering that these two get as far as Walter and the dude go is karmically. Like, I mean, shit goes wrong. The loss of their
2: third best friend. Yeah, and they lose Donnie. But they were always
0: so mean to Donnie, right? Right, Exactly. So. Yeah. yeah. Even in death, they turned Donnie's eulogy into like Walter ranting about Vietnam.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And so this is my unanswered Walter question. Was Walter actually in Vietnam? That's my unanswered question of the, of the episode of mm. the movie.
2: I would say yes, because when the dude gets pissed at him and like it's got nothing to do with Vietnam, he would say you weren't even in Vietnam the same way he says you're not even Jewish. Mm-hmm. So okay. I feel like he would be called out on that if he, if he actually was never there.
0: Unless yeah. they just don't know, because he didn't know Walter when he would have been in Vietnam. Yes.
2: Uh, oh, so it's like a Don Draper situation. You're saying? Right,
0: yes, exactly. Yeah.
2: yeah. Mm, that's definitely possible.
0: Yeah, Another piece that. of media that I'm catching up on, slowly, Mad Men. Uh,
2: yeah, so... Uh, now, I have a question about Donnie uh, for a second. Yeah. Do we... I mean, other than the scene at the mortuary, and that sort of ruins the theory, but other than that, is it possible that Donnie doesn't exist other than as a figment in the imagination of Walter and the dude? He never talks to anybody else. He never interacts with anybody else.
0: Hmm. And he randomly yeah, I mean, dies from heart attack.
2: Uh, he's not even on the team, as we said. No one else is a third on their team. They're the only team with three. But then again, but then there is the Like, somebody clearly dies because the more. Yeah. Provided ashes from somewhere.
0: Right. Yeah. So that's I mean, the only been, thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was what I was thinking, is, is that. But, uh, I mean, does The Stranger exist, right? Like, The, the Stranger yeah. is seemingly narrating this whole thing.
2: Well, uh, he talks to the bartender, who's sort yeah. of an outsider, in addition mm-hmm. to talking to the dude, obviously.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, and The Stranger, he really represents – I do love how, how he really represents the, the viewer, the audience, so much that at the end he's like, you know, yeah, it was sort of meandering. Or he, Also, when he says, I didn't like to see Donnie go, it's sort of like that's yeah. the kind of thing that you he... <laughs> – so he really represents us. Does he exist? To, I think he has to. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but is he like a guardian angel or like a god? I mean, he, well, does the a... do
2: know who he is? Is a question because the dude sort of looks at him and he's like, I dig. Like, he calls the dude "dude," which you could call somebody not knowing that the guy calls himself that. You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. Like you could accidentally call somebody the dude. Especially if um, you're a
0: cowboy, you would call somebody dude.
2: Yeah. Well, right. no one would self oh, self-identify with that term from where I come from. He says in the beginning, right?
0: Uh, yeah, because I think, and I think we talked about this on uh Man of Shot Liberty Valance that the word dude yes. was offensive to call somebody a dude.
2: Yeah. Oh, interesting. Oh, so cowboys don't like dudes.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think it became it became a, a word that was, but I think I think right, because, because it, dude, I think dude, dude was dude like implies, insulting. Dude
1: implies you're working on a dude ranch, and so you're not a real cowboy because you're working on a ranch instead of being out actually herding cattle in the field, like doing
0: the dangerous work. Mm-hmm. So well, that, that describes dude, the dude, like, right? What's the dude? Yeah. I mean, I guess he gets he gets a little bit mixed up in the dangerous work.
2: Yeah. Yeah, unintentionally. Quite a bit, actually. He's involved yeah. in more violence in this movie than I would assume the three of us have been in our lives. So. Right. Yes. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what happens to the dude after this movie? It's such yeah. a strange ending point, isn't it?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it just kind of happens. Like
0: they have Donnie's funeral, and then they go back and they're bowling, and then it's over. The movies over.
2: Yeah.
1: I think he just wakes up and makes a white Russian and lives his life. Like I don't, there's nothing exciting that happens to him for the rest of his life. Yeah,
2: this, this was the, this was the, this this was is, the is, exciting.
1: Yeah, this was probably the peak.
2: For the day. Well, but his history is pretty exciting. He's one of the Seattle Seven. True. Roadie for Metallica. I mean, he must have seen some action there. Writing the Port Huron statement. Uh, At some storming, point, storming various out. administration oh, so. buildings. Smoking a lot of Thai stick. Right. He's had some. Yeah. The dude has had some experiences. The dude's almost like a little Forrest Gumpy. Oh well, yeah, um,
0: that's true. So you know, I would like to see the the Dude and Co. Then let's get the sequel to this going.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I remember I read Dude and Co. Or uh, Gump and Co. Not Dude. There is no Dude and Co. Yeah. Uh, again, don't remember anything about it. But I remember oh, reading it when it, I was.
2: It was a terrible book. He I, goes I to space.
0: That's. The
1: it was very movie. bad.
2: Yeah. It was bad. Uh, but yeah. apparently, I, I have you guys seen on Netflix? There's a show that talks about the making of like classic movies.
0: Mm. Yeah, and I skipped She's it. Like, love or the movies that made us or something like that. Yeah. I think is what it's
2: called. So the Forrest Gump one talks about how. Um, sorry, but I just went completely blank. I apologize.
1: No worries. <laughs> that's what yeah, I, I, I had skipped to that just because I was like, I don't need more nostalgia to tell me why I love the movies I already love. Oh, no, that's
0: what this podcast exactly. is for. Uh, uh, you know, yeah.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Chester,
0: it's, it's very fitting that you your mind went blank when you were talking just now. That's that's perfect Good for this podcast. Me. I didn't think yeah. any of that.
2: Well, as the stranger says, I lost my train of thought here, but uh, there I go rambling again.
0: (laughs) Rambling, yeah.
2: Um, I guess we're not editing that one out.
0: (laughs) Uh, As a wise man said, I'm not editing anything on this. I think somebody else said that on podcast last night or (laughs) time of the morning.
2: Uh, (laughs) It was this morning. I can confirm. Yeah, Yeah. just less than than twenty (laughs) four hours ago.
1: Were you wearing Uh, a bathrobe and clear, see through sandals in the (laughs) Gertrude's?
2: Those are amazing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I identify those sandals with those are what you wear when you walk in the Dead Sea. Yeah.
1: They're like weird jelly sandals. And I'm like, what are these things?
2: Like, uh, they're i are also have to... not frequently seen on adults. They're more no, seen, seen on children. Yeah.
3: Uh-huh. <laughs>
2: yeah. Now the stranger says, he says, the, he says to the dude, I dig your style. And he's sort of pointing at his clothes. The dude's <laughs> style is hard to dig. I think.
1: Yeah. I think so too. I think it's very oh yeah they
0: are like jelly
2: sandals um
0: yeah yeah okay. it is. they're clear. They're, amazon sells jelly shoes called dude jellies and it's the exact think we're talking about the stranger but i i, I think the stranger is just a uh, figment of the dude's imagination like and the the it's just his inner monologue like telling this story i think right. he's, he's a narrative he's a narrative construct yeah okay yeah
2: yeah, yeah that sure. could be i mean we see him three times he, he introduces the story he comes in the direct midpoint and then he comes back at the end yeah so I, there's i'd be a curious structure go, there
0: yeah is it actually right at the midpoint of this movie is it like you know 59 minutes into this movie when
1: he so
2: shows in, up it, No, he yeah, i think was well, because I, I, I think it was the 59 minute mark but the movie's a little <laughs> less than two hours isn't it right, right. yeah that's yeah, true the,
1: the midpoint is when they bust in on him when he's in the bathtub i believe it's mm-hmm. the exact midpoint of the
0: movie um one thing that is a great cultural impact of this movie. This movie's had. A, this has become such a cult classic. I mean, this when this came out, I, this was not the hit that it is now. It was not referenced and quoted. It's, as we've said, we all came to it later. We didn't see it in our theaters. Um, but a great cultural touchpoint of this movie is the impact it had on the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Now, Chester, you haven't seen any of those movies, so you don't know this. But uh, I'm going to spoil. I've seen a uh, couple,
2: but to, you
0: have seen Avengers yeah. Endgame. I'm assuming right. No, I have not. So in Avengers Endgame, Thor becomes super depressed and basically becomes the dude. Like, he, his look, he's dressed like the dude.
2: I, I, I'm aware of that from, like, pop culture, but yeah, I haven't seen yeah. it. Yeah. And it, it's great. It's such a—it it
0: works so well in Avengers Endgame, and it retroactively, like, makes me like this character even more because it's, like, oh. what cool impact from from uh, this movie.
2: But is it—it's an intentional nod to Lebowski? Yes.
1: Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Like he's wearing a bathrobe and
0: like walking around being drunk, and it's yeah, it's like a, he's got he's got like a bigger beer belly than Jeff Bridges does in this movie. Absolutely.
2: Now you just pointed out, I, I you know, as you were saying that, Brendan, I, um, Will Ferrell does that in Anchorman, right? Ron Burgundy walks on his sure. bathrobe drunk. Yeah. Mhm. Sure. And oh, yeah, milk. And and wedding
0: Crashers as well. The end of Wedding Crashers. Oh yeah, yeah that's
2: true. Also, yeah. So, but is, this all comes from the basket. I never thought of that. I, thought, I, mean, I don't know those do, but the the
0: no. and the Thor one they'd call him Lubowski. Yeah.
2: So yeah. no, you you make you make a good point. Um, you know Zach in talking about how sort of when the movie came out and it sort of grew into a cult classic. Mm. You look at a lot of sort of like hoity-toity movie reviewers, and they dismissed it at first and then came back later once it was sort of universally considered a gem. And all, mm. so, like here's a textbook example: Peter Howell in the Toronto Star when the movie comes out, he writes. Quote, it's hard to believe that this is the work of a team that won an Oscar last year for the original screenplay of Fargo. There's a large amount of profanity in the movie, which seems a weak attempt to paper over dialogue gaps. Um, Then he writes another review 13 years later, and he says, it might just be my favorite Coen Brothers film of all. Um, Roger Ebert also. Roger Ebert gave the film – how many stars at first? He gave it – oh, he gave it three out of four stars and called it Weirdly Engaging – And then in 2010, he raised it to a full four stars and added it to his list of greatest movies. So
0: it is really interesting that this movie, I mean, you know, Fargo was such a huge hit and, you know, had Academy Award success. This movie is two years later, and it checked in at the box office at number six the first two weeks, then went to number 10, then number 15. So this movie never did better than than six at the box office that week.
1: Well, and Um, they also always talk about how filmmakers or stars will have what's called a Oscars hangover. So, mm-hmm. like, they'll have a really successful movie that does really well at the Oscars, and then people will, like, automatically dismiss whatever their next movie is because they're like, it's definitely not going to be as good as blah, 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 or how can they do a project on that after doing this really awesome movie that just won a bunch of Oscars? And so there's, like, a subconscious pre-dismissal
3: mm-hmm. of the
1: of whatever work comes after. I don't think that happens Oscar
0: anymore, point. though. Yeah. Because now it's like, oh, Bong okay. Joon Ho's next movie coming out, and everybody's very excited for it. Like, I feel like now the yeah. movies that win the Oscars, everybody's excited for their next movie. There's not that.
1: I mean, it definitely was a thing in
2: the eighties, nineties. Yeah, 90s. I know. I, I, Brendan, I agree with you. Another example yeah. I would say is Goodfellas and Casino. Absolutely,
0: hundred percent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, do you guys want to try to guess what the
2: number one movie
0: in the box office was the week Big Lebowski came out? It has been referenced on this podcast already.
2: Exactly. This March ninety eight March that's the end of ninth grade for me. So I was yeah, in Toronto. Uh, oh. Um Titanic.
0: Yes, it was Titanic. Uh, Still. Titanic Rising. Yes. Uh the number two movie, US Marshals, uh, followed a man, by The, the Wedding you... Singer, Twilight, not the Vampire Twilight, yeah. some other movie called Twilight. A movie called a Hush, movie. and then the Big Lebowski and Goodwill Hunting was uh Goodwill Hunting and As Good as It Gets were seven and eight. So I guess it was probably like leading up to the ninety eight Oscars. Yeah. That people were That's getting into those movies. So um why have
2: you never seen Titanic, Chester? Just because? Because in, I mean, so it's funny. It was number one in March because it came out. I assume like November, December, something like mm-hmm. that. Yep. And yep. it was such like a massive, insanely huge cultural thing, obviously at the time. I think you guys are a little bit younger than me, but. Um,
0: Brent is older than you, but oh, uh, I'm I'm like a year younger than you.
2: Just youthful looks. Okay, but okay. So you guys, but you guys remember how big it was at the time, Yeah, and of it was almost I, like I saw everybody. Computers. Everybody kept going to see it over and over, and almost like as a point of principle, I'm like, I'm not going to see this movie. And then I just sort of dug in my heels, so I've never I seen saw it
0: twice. Before. One of the few movies I've seen in theaters twice. Yeah, Probably. everybody did. That's how I felt about Avatar. Have like, you never seen Avatar?
1: Loves this movie. Well, I finally saw it like a few yeah, but you're years You're going to get that
2: guy right? on Twitter angry at you.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, his, his Google alerts are going to go off.
1: Uh, he was really upset that I didn't love it as much as he wanted me to.
0: Yeah, I I uh I I thought it was not that good. I thought it was Fern <laughs> on steroids, is what I always call Avatar. I did suggest Avatar as our first movie that we did on this podcast because I was like, it'd be fun to to revisit Avatar. Um, and I am remembering now that I have I have a list and I'm trying to find it. It's like the top ten most overrated movies, and I know Avatar is on that list. And I kind of think this one might be on my, when I made this list. I don't know if yeah, top ten most overrated. Uh, I don't know if I have Big Lebowski on there. Um, I do. I have it at number six oh, on my man. list. Avatar, Napoleon Dynamite, Elf, Scarface, Boondock Saints, Big Lebowski, No Country for Old Men, Rounders, Frozen, and The Breakfast Club. It's my top ten most overrated movies.
1: Two Coens <laughs> made that list.
0: Oh, yeah. wow. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Get, no,
1: get No Country for Old Men off that list.
0: You... Well, maybe after next, week. Maybe
2: after next I, week. I think I'm a little bit on your side. I think No Country is a little bit. I mean, I like it, but I think it's overrated. Uh,
0: I only saw it once, and I just did not at all get into it, and I think that on a revisit, I would like it better. Um, but I would be interested in revisiting it. Um, yeah, I feel like there's probably some other movies. Like, this, this list I made four years ago. Uh, so, you know, it's been a while. Um, I have Frozen on my list, even though I've never even seen it. Um, why, I, don't, I don't know why I have Frozen <laughs> on this list. Um, Elf, though. Elf and Napoleon Dynamite, definitely, and, and Avatar is a very strong top three. I think Scarface is not that great, either.
2: Um, wow, that's a controversial take. I don't know. I, just, I mean, I think it's fair to say it's overrated because it's rated so insanely high. But I right, mean, it's right. pretty high up for me. So. Yeah. Uh, but well, but it, it is very similar to Lebowski. These are almost like cult classics. Yeah. If you're not in the cult, then you're gonna think yeah. it's overrated.
0: I, I don't know if I would still say Lebowski's a top ten overrated. Um, I liked it better on this watch, and maybe this is like we can start getting into feedback. Um, but I I did like it better this watch. I still like. I do not like it like you like it. I do not like it like Mac likes it, but it's fun. And I laughed a lot watching it. So I'll give it that. Um.
2: Before we jump into the feedback, I don't have to go through my list of all my best lines, but can I at least go through the lines that I use frequently in my uh, real life?
0: Yes, and where they placed on the list.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. all right. So, well, I'm, I'm going to go from the top to bottom now. Uh, so, Donnie, you're out of your element. I said that 15 times a day in law school. Uh, don't mm-hmm. say it as much now. Um, the Chinaman is not the issue. Yes, I'm that's there. a great line. And then, of course, uh, and, and you know, a Chinaman is not the preferred nomenclature. That's sort of the the, the partner mm-hmm. line. You have to say one after the other just to make clear that you understand. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Hey, careful, man! There's a beverage here. I use yeah. that every time someone pumps into me. Mm-hmm. Um, say what you will about the tenets of national socialism, at least it's an ethos. <laughs> I use that during the Trump era so so many times. <laughs> Hopefully, I, never again. I think it really applies to uh, you know, the the, the differences <laughs> between uh, the two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, uh well you know that's just like your opinion man is yep. uh for, not, yeah, all
0: yeah
2: uh confirm or disconfirm i think i said that one already uh this mm-hmm. is this is this is not nam there are rules obviously yes, that yes. Be, yeah. that's
0: one Absolutely. that my friends use a lot
2: yeah. you're not wrong you're just an asshole
1: uh, <laughs> yeah you're uh, not I wrong you're it. just an asshole is what i use also am i the only one to hear who gives you good goddamn of rules this is a big one for me <laughs> that's yeah. another cool i feel like
0: brendan could say you're not wrong you're just an asshole to me like Ten times a day, probably.
1: You cr- yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think you want to say that to me a lot, too.
0: So. Uh, no, I want to say you're wrong, and you're an asshole. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah.
2: Touche. Every, every word out of Jesus' mouth, for sure, is on this list to me. Um, although I love Walter. Eight-year-olds, dude. Every time my son, who is eight years old, does something that's just really frustrating, I turn I turn to my wife and I say,
3: oh.
2: <laughs> eight-year-olds, dude.
0: <laughs> uh, speaking of, of eight-year-olds, uh, or that scene, uh, the greatest... TV edit also comes from this, which is, uh, this, this is what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps. Yeah. It's just the greatest, yes. like, uh, TV edited yeah. line of, this is what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass. It just, it's right up there with, uh, I want these monkey fighting snakes on this Monday to Friday plane. Also yeah, great.
2: no, I agree with you. I think it's number one. Uh, another one I like is, is, uh, <laughs> because it makes no sense is in, uh, the aforementioned Scarface in like the early scene in the movie when he's being interviewed by the police in Miami right when he's like fresh off <laughs> the boat yeah and he's like how do you get a scar like that eating pineapple <laughs> yes <laughs> which is a valid question yeah. how do you yeah, yeah. Uh, you, know, you ever eat pineapple and it like burns the roof of your mouth and cuts it all up that's how you get uh, scar I, I guess uh. yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that was next on my list. I uh, was uh, was uh, find a stranger in the Alps. Uh, three thousand years of beautiful tradition from Moses to Sandy Koufax. You're goddamn right, I'm living in the fucking past. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was bit- good. <laughs> yeah, you want a toe? I can get you a toe. Uh, <laughs> I
3: actually just
2: remember I I remembered that I can get you a toe in 30 minutes, but it's actually by three o'clock this afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, this is a private residence, man. Uh, I have a friend <laughs> who uh, I say that whenever he barges into my house. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, the El Duderino, if you're not into the whole brevity thing, that's a great right. one. Uh, uh, a lot of ins, a lot of outs, a lot of what-have-yous. That's one. Um, spe- uh, my, my special lady, my fucking lady friend, I've definitely had said that one before.
3: <laughs>
0: which character shows up the most on your best lines list?
2: Because it seems like a lot of
0: Walter lines.
2: Yeah, no, there's a lot of Walter. Um, <laughs> to use the parlance of our times, there's a lot, uh, everything Maude says, I think, is on here also, which is why I have her rank so high. <laughs> um <laughs> I think the only line I have here from the big Lebowski himself is which is ample. You know, he says, <laughs> I hope someday I, you know, I, my wife can learn to live on her allowance, which is ample. I just love this. <laughs> way that. Yes.
3: Um,
2: the, um, I think I said, uh, this is our most modestly priced receptacle. Yes. That's great. <laughs> it's uh, like,
0: the best part about these lines is that they're so ridiculous and they're almost mm-hmm. all delivered. Just so straight.
2: Yeah. Every, everything is like, so, you know, Donnie, we were talking about before. Does he exist or not? If he exists, He's got to, And I mean, I, I don't want to make light because it, al- it almost seems like he's low IQ the way that they're portraying him because he just like he misunderstands everything, you know, like he <laughs> the dude is trying to to, to quote Lenin uh, Vladimir Ilyinich Ilyanov, of course, as Walter says, <laughs> and he's like, it, it's not just yeah. that he goes with a line from the Beatles. But I am the walrus is the one that he chooses. I love, it. I love that. <laughs> and he's committed. He says it like three times. He just keeps yeah. drawing. Yeah, but I am the walrus.
0: Uh, yeah, we. I mean, that is like a good connection to like him misunderstanding a lot is a good connection to some of the characters from Boogie Nights, and there was a lot of that like misunderstandings that would just be in the dialogue, and it would just kind of happen the way it's the way that the uh, the dialogue goes.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I, I just thought of an, um He treats objects like women, man, is co- kind of like when uh, William H. Macy complains that his wife has a dick that has her ass in the guy's dick or whatever. Oh, no. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Although, objects like women, I assume, is intentional mm-hmm. because uh, the dude is supposed to be uh, drugged in the scene. But, mm-hmm.
0: anyway.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh... All right, any other lines on your list you want to uh, get to? We'll, I'm sure there will be things when we get into feedback. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah, I got a lot of more lines, but yeah. All right, let's yeah. Go
0: to All right first First, first uh, feedback comes, as always, from Jeff. Overall, I was really surprised at how much I enjoyed this movie. I had heard of it, but the synopsis really didn't entice me to watch it. So yet another good movie watched because of my favorite movie podcast. With Chester on the pod, I almost feel compelled to point out something trivial and make a big deal out of it. But no one can effectively copy Chester, so I won't try. Thought the comedy was very well timed, and overall the story was good. I will give this a solid three point five.
2: I'm so excited to hear that you this podcast Thanks. caused somebody to watch the movie for the first time.
0: Yes, uh, we've we've introduced Jeff to a lot of movies, and uh, he doesn't always like them, but he watches them every week, and he's uh, yeah. it's it's great. That's why he gets that number one spot in the in the listener feedback. Every yeah, that's
2: week. a solid commitment.
0: He even he even texted me last night because we usually record on Tuesdays, and he's like,
2: oh no, I missed the deadline.
0: I was like, actually, you're in luck because Chester uh, couldn't record till Wednesday. So, yep, there you go. Yeah. All the, right.
1: The, uh, the great stick on Johnson writes in I don't love I, Sorry, let me start that over
0: <clears throat> We're not getting any of these out, by the way Go ahead <laughs>
1: The, the <laughs> great stick I... <laughs> Damn it <laughs> i have the walrus
0: Yes, there you are
1: The great stick on Johnson writes in to say I don't hate the movie, but it's still only okay I get why people like it And why it's a cult movie It's just not for me I didn't laugh once. The cinematography is the best part of the film. I forgot the ending turns the dude into the big Lugowski. That was a fun twist. I think the biggest issue is that the dude is the most boring character in the entire movie. Three out of five from Stefan.
0: I feel like... Yeah, if this, if this humor just doesn't work for you, which it didn't yeah. for Stefan, then this movie is going to fall very flat. Which is how the the movie kind of fell for me the first time I saw it, because especially because when I saw it, people had been quoting it so much and had been, right. uh, you know, there was such a high bar for it. And so if you find if you don't if you don't get how ridiculous the characters and some of the lines are, it I can see why that would fall flat for you.
2: Yeah, for sure, I yeah. agree. Do so, you guys br- ever have a movie that you like? took someone to see with you or watched with you because you were really excited for it and then it like was a complete disaster
0: yeah uh not a complete disaster i feel like that happens with youtube videos a lot right like it used to be back before you lost
2: of a commitment though
0: text yeah but like it's like but if you're like sitting with somebody like i want to show you this like funny youtube video and then you turn it on and they're just sitting there like they're not laughing or anything and it's just like we got a 10 minute youtube video here and we're not into it Mm -hmm. um yeah Less so than, I, I feel like way sometimes with movies that we, that I'm like, oh, I'm really excited to watch, uh, like last year when we did Mixed Nuts, for example, and I was really excited to rewatch Mixed Nuts, and I was like, oh, this movie's hilarious, a and then, disaster.
2: and nobody liked it, none
0: of the people on the podcast liked it, I was the only one who it liked a it,
3: yeah,
2: so. did you, do you guys remember Dogma, the Kevin yes. Smith movie? Yeah,
0: I never got that one.
2: Okay, so that's a movie that I absolutely, absolutely loved. Uh, Now, part of it is because I was, you know, 16 when it came out, and so I thought it was, like, had such deep and serious things to say about religion. And so I, for some very stupid reason, I thought this was a great idea. I took my parents to see it, (laughs) and yeah, it was not my parents' cup of tea at all. And my parents looked at me, and they're like, what what is wrong with you? Why do you like this movie? There's so much cursing, (laughs) and, you know. Yeah,
0: but it's hard for that situation, It's hard for that situation to happen in a movie theater because you would have to go see a movie for another time in a theater. Right. And then you're stuck with the person. So very rarely have you already seen the movie when you're going to, to see it in the theater.
2: Well, that's how much I like the movie, I guess. I, and it was also – my parents wanted to spend the night with me and wanted to do something. And I was like, what are we going to do? And then I saw that there was a movie theater like down the block that we could walk to that was playing this. I'm like, oh, I really like that movie. I'll uh, get them into it. Yeah, it did not work out that way. But yeah, the George Carlin, uh, the 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 cardinal or the priest that he plays in that movie, he was uh, – a so, so uh so so influential to a 16 uh, year old idiot that was me i mean he might still be good i don't know i haven't seen it in a while
0: yeah i haven't seen that movie and i i think i just didn't understand it at all when i saw it so i'd be interested to to watch that again yeah i uh, haven't
1: revisited it in a very long time with like most kevin
0: smith movies i have not revisited them since college so yeah all right let's move on to the next one uh i will read olin's uh Go brendan gives you the short ones after his so uh All right, so Owens wrote in, and he said, Any film that has a bunch of German nihilists in Los Angeles whose weapons of choice when vandalizing houses turns out to be a cricket bat has to have a lot going for it. A great fun ride, and The Big Lebowski himself was wonderful. David Huddleston, I could just listen to his angry venom all day. When I saw the list of other actors were considered for the titular role, Brando Duvall Hopkins, I am even more pleased that Huddleston got it. Fun acting... Love the three buddy chemistry. Steve Buscemi, wonderful as the sad sack. Underrated hero of the movie for me is Jesus's bowling partner. Yes, uh, you and I are on the same on uh, the same wavelength. Not Olin many
2: is li- Irish, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, so of course what? he's gonna like Liam O'Brien.
0: Oh yeah, that that probably is true. Uh, not many lines. I don't think he had any lines, but just works so perfectly, cinematically in contrast, physically to to Jesus, but complementing each other so well. Them shining their balls so rhythmically was undoubtedly the visual highlight of the movie. I think that's the gif mm-hmm. that uh, Olin tweeted, or you tweeted. Somebody yeah.
2: did. Yeah, he sent it to Yeah. yeah. That's
0: a good... uh, only fault is that some of the first few scenes with Lebowski's, Big Lebowski's daughter did drag a little bit. Uh, his score is pretty, 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 pretty good. That's four and a half pretties out of five. And Olin says his come with guy is Donnie. Doesn't oh, I, disrupt- see I see what's happening here. Yeah, doesn't just <laughs> discriminate <laughs> anything, but always there for his teammates, even if he barely knows what is happening. And his fucking asshole of the week is Brandt. So Sniveling and Snide, no doubt, tries to mastermind the Big Lebowski's tenuous plans and messes up for everyone.
2: Wow! Yeah. Wow, <laughs> from the top row! I did not see that coming! Brandt! Wow! Wow.
0: Oh. I love it.
2: Yeah. i was just right. confused because I, usually i hear olin's emails at the end of the podcast but yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> uh, well it's like the, this was
0: originally set up we have three very short ones in a row so i figured those mm-hmm. could all go together and i'd give brendan the breathing break and i would take olin's so
2: they appreciate Poor it. Brent. Uh, that undeserved.
0: well i guess you can give your guy and fucking asshole when we get to your rating so
3: sure <laughs>
0: all right
1: so we had a we had a few quick uh, score updates from a few more listeners uh the great Max johnson gives this movie five out of five uh, megan the librarian says i don't see the hype but it's fine three out of five from megan the librarian and justin our buddy from dc says six out of five seven out of five even maybe okay fine five out of five
0: so there you go yes and uh kyle coming at the last minute with his feedback as well 4.5 from kylie says a classic Every line is quotable. What a cast of characters. A bit bro and some scenes go on too long, but overall, can't complain. And
1: that's so. going to give us a 4.07 from the listeners, so
0: there we very go. High, very high score.
3: Very this is probably going to be players.
0: competing with Boogie Nights, I would imagine, for overall uh, score on the year. All right. right, Chester, what is your rating out of five stars?
2: Yeah, I'm going to have to go a full five stars here. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know how this movie could be any better to me, and the fact that it's it, it just the inventiveness and just the ridiculousness of the writing and the acting and everything. This movie's is perfect. Uh, so full five.
1: Yeah, I think I'm going to have to agree with Chester. Um I mean, I, I came into, like I said, the movie last night expecting to be lower on it than I had been in the past. And it held up really, really well, even if I like knew every joke. And I think that actually really helped was, you know, watching it and quoting it and having a good time along with this rewatch of it, especially knowing I was going to get to come on the podcast and talk about it with Chester and with you. Um,
0: I think this, uh, yeah, it's a five. Boom. All right. Uh, I'm not going to be a five. Uh, I'm not as high on it as you guys, but I did like it. I like it way more than the last time I watched it. Uh, and I'm I'm somewhere between a 3.5 and a four. Um, it's probably going to be highly rated anyway, so I'll just give this a four, um, but I'm probably, like, in reality, like, 3.75. Um... I just think it, like, it's very funny. I had a lot, I mean, I, there's a, there was a ton to get out of it. There just were just, like, I feel like to really appreciate this movie, you have to watch it a million times. Uh, so, and it just, the, the plot gets kind of weird and meandering. Um, and uh, Chester, who is your uh, who is your come with guy fucking asshole in this
3: movie?
2: Yeah, so I guess my come-with-guy is going to be, it's going to be Maude, because I earlier said she was my favorite of the of all the supporting characters. So I'm going to give that to Maude for the, the reasons previously already explained. Um and also, the way that we sort of interpret come with on that podcast, you know, she really is that. she she shows up at his house uninvited mm-hmm. and says, "Love me." And uh, mm-hmm, you know right. I feel like when you're the dude that's uh, you don't get those opportunities to be yeah,
0: probably so, not. Absolutely. yeah,
2: although I don't know, he has at least he has two opportunities in this movie right Tara? Um, Bunny also gives him an opportunity, although he had mm-hmm. to uh, pay for it. but um yeah, but um so I, I'm gonna she is my she is my come with girl is uh, Maude Maud Lebowski, the the real big Lebowski. And then, mm-hmm. Yeah, my, my my fucking asshole. I guess it has to be uh, her father. You know, such a phony. I agree mm-hmm. with everything that Walter says in that final scene, except for the picking him up out of his chair and dropping. Yeah, guy. That's would... no, don't
3: do that. Yeah, <laughs>
2: Walter, you're not wrong. You're just an asshole. So I mean, maybe it should be Walter actually, but yeah. Actually, I'm switching. Yeah, yeah Walter's it, the biggest fucking asshole because yeah. it's literally is the biggest
0: asshole. <laughs> yeah. and think... his best
2: friend tells it to him. Yeah,
0: it's it's a clean sweep for Walter to be the biggest asshole. But I will also give Walter the come with guy. Does anybody ever get the come with guy and fucking asshole? By the same person? Has that ever happened?
2: I'm not sure if it's happened. I think that in my notes it's happening in, a, in, a, in an episode that's coming up very shortly. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But, okay. Uh, yeah. but yeah, well, you're the right. Walter, but the thing is, Walter is a come-with guy because he also, like, a come-with guy is supposed to be there to support, and the problem is Walter takes over and, like, it becomes his thing.
0: And he screws right. everything up. Like, yeah. We didn't even talk about, like, the dirty laundry that they try to use instead of the briefcase. Yeah. Like, it's, it's so stupid.
2: <laughs> and he wants his undies back from the nihilists also. <laughs> right.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah, he, all right. His plan, the beauty is in the simplicity. His plan was no plan. I'm just mm-hmm. gonna beat the shit out of them and they're gonna give me the information I want. Like that. And I good. brought an uzi <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he brought an Uzi.
3: Yeah.
2: Wrapped it up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh all right. Um, so uh we've already talked a lot about connections to uh the uh to Boogie nights Is there any other connections to Boogie nights I have one more that we didn't bring up. Uh so it's cast connections, obviously Julianne Moore, Philip Seymour Hoffman, the porn industry coming up this this uh, you know kind of Valley area of LA, like surrounding areas of LA. Yep.
3: Um,
0: anything else that you guys have from Big Lebowski? That
1: that was the main the stuff Boogie uh, to Boogie Nights that I had.
0: Yeah. Uh, also, a character dressed up as a cowboy. Okay.
2: Um, <laughs> yeah. That's that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good, good one. one.
0: Yeah. Uh, and does the female body make you uncomfortable? And they talk about, like, dicks and Johnson's. Obviously, right. Dicks and Johnson's playing a huge role in Boogie Nights. Yeah,
2: um, yeah I mean, all the porn stuff, all the Jackie Tree right, porn right. stuff, yep. obviously. Uh, all right, what about connections to other
0: movies that we've done this year in season two?
2: All uh, right, so the dude's car exploded, so we saw that yep. in Speed. Oh, and in good, Horror. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: Um, the Cowboy, Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. Going back to that. We did not have any yeah, weddings. It broke in back.
2: was it broke back
1: season two for you guys? Yep. yep work back on them. yep cowboys and be called
2: dude yep and it's, it's not just that it's it's other th- you know other than that one scene between Maud and the dude this you know the the main relationship in the in this movie you know maybe not homosexual but certainly homosocial homosocial is between walter and the dude
3: mm-hmm. sure.
2: <laughs> so you know they're just uh two cowboys out west to uh yeah. love yeah. each other
0: and i think did we have any vietnam this year um obviously we had a lot of vietnam last year i'm trying to think if we had any
2: Caribbean. mash is korea right uh, yeah mash
0: is korea
1: no. stripes
2: um, is no war no yeah. war yeah so, private yeah.
0: Benjamin is no
1: war yeah. stargate is a future war mm-hmm. tomorrow war is a future war
0: um yes yeah. um and uh, we didn't have any terrible parents in this movie for the first time probably in every movie well, that, for this year
1: yeah i and don't know if i agree with that big yeah. lebowski is a pretty bad dad
0: oh
2: fair okay yeah I and mean, and 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 the dude is going to be an absentee father
0: Absolutely Not true yes the dude is will have a I and some. I don't.
2: Bunny's parents. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't. I don't want to blame them. Maybe it was her own decision to run away. But you know, mm-hmm. couldn't keep her. Couldn't keep yep. her home. So.
0: Yeah.
1: And
2: yeah. then we obviously cast
0: connections parents. to Magnolia as well. Phillips and Hoffman and Julian Moore, both in oh, that movie. Yeah.
1: Uh. Well, the dude goes to meet
0: the parents. He oh gets yeah, to meet, La- little
2: Larry Sellers. His parents yeah. suck also. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um and uh let's see so then uh movie maps so best connection this should be an easy one from season I mean, the one
1: obvious one is uh yeah the obvious one is fargo really
0: fargo yes yeah um,
1: i also wrote down uh bad times at the el royale just because of the uh the sex campaign caper with lots of people shooting guns and misunderstanding and misidentification
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And yeah, it's a it's a really fun one. And then obviously because of time and place uh, once upon a time in Hollywood, just the sort of day in the life slice of life traveling around
0: uh traveling around LA.
1: Brando would have played probably, the Big
0: Lebowski it? Apocalypse Now would have yes, been a great obviously. connection. Yes,
2: of course. And that's for sure Walter's favorite movie. Yes.
0: yes. Oh yes. Yep. Although he probably is like gets hung up on any inaccuracies in Apocalypse Now and gets very really pissed about them.
2: Yeah, sure. but yeah, but obviously it's yeah. As it, it, there's there's no way to have a stronger connection than Fargo, than Fargo. right?
0: Yeah, so, yeah. Um, uh, Brennan, what do you prefer, Fargo or Big Lebowski? Uh, Fargo, one hundred percent. Fargo, one hundred percent. Now, did you yeah. give Fargo five stars last year? I did give Fargo five stars. Last okay, year. just checking, yeah. just checking the stats. That's our first movie. Yeah. Yeah. So that was Absolutely. a great movie, and it's
1: Sorry. my number one color brother's
0: movie. So yeah, yeah. All right, uh, and then uh what is our title connection for this? Oh, uh, one other thing that uh, was pointed out. Um, Av brought up that Amy Mann, who did a bunch of the songs in Magnolia, actually has a small role in uh, in Big Lebowski. Oh, did not
3: realize
0: that. Okay. Yeah, he's not awesome. that in. Yep. Um, all right, so what is our title connection? So we have uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman and Julianne Moore in an L.A. escapade? Sure. Maybe PSH and Julianne Moore in an uh, L.A. escapade?
2: Or PSH, Julianne Moore in porn.
0: Sure. That works. How about PSH Julianne Moore and porn, not in And porn. the
2: porn and the porn. Yeah, she's industry. not in the porn. Yeah. Uh, no. she's, uh... yeah. and Well she and, is in the porn last week, but last, yes, last week she was, yes.
0: Yes. And good, then we'll like get some great search engine optimization when people yes. are searching for porn. This podcast will pop up.
2: Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, so, yes,
0: love it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> they search our names in porn, this podcast. we to get a whole bunch up. of
2: weird <laughs> listeners next week, especially if we go to like a children's movie or something.
0: Right. Yeah. Uh, It'll be, uh the 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 lady who said Alex Chester is a snack on Twitter is gonna be searching Alex Chester and porn and this um, podcast is gonna pop up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> good for her
2: all uh, right my my number one my, my movie ladder uh nominations i put have them in alphabetical order so my number one is very much a children's movie so if you, <laughs> if you have that audience tuning in next week it'll be weird
0: uh you said you have a lot how many connections do you have for next week or suggestions you have for next week i had
2: like 17 i i've narrowed it down to nine i have nine right now okay, okay. and we'll see uh, I came sure in last week with 13
0: me. so you've you've six yeah. up of
2: uh, well no but yeah no i'm down i'm, I'm nine i only have nine i'm not yeah, the you group. didn't read
0: all 13 is either so yeah oh, okay all right uh all right. Um, anything else that you want to add to Big Lebowski before we uh, move on to our suggestions for next week?
2: Oh, yeah. Let's climb that ladder. All right. Uh, I will say, uh,
0: you know, as you're doing the Yucky Juice Tournament, Donnie's vote is going to be for the uh, Orange Slice, which he's mm-hmm. drinking in this movie. Yep. So, um, all right. So we're now going to hop into our ladder-rung suggestions. This is where we determine our movie for next week. Once you do, make sure you send in your feedback. The Movie Ladder gmail.com, at Ladder Movie. Tell us what you think of the movie. Give us a star rating and your suggestions for the week following. It could be anything that connects to the movie that we pick. All right, so starting off with Jeff. His latter suggestions, the first one, is Iron Man. That is Jeff Bridges and the first Marvel movie. It would be our first Marvel movie as well, the original Iron Man. with The Box of Scraps. Built this podcast. Yeah. In a cave. The box the box, of scrap. box of Scraps. Uh, his next one, John Goodman in Argo. Argo, fuck yourself. And uh, next one, uh, he just put Blues Brothers, Brennan did a little fact-checking, and his Blues Brothers 2000, also starring John Goodman, and finally he just put The Hangover, and he actually meant Hangover Part 3, because John Goodman is in that. Uh, Man, the The Hangover sequels were terrible.
2: Yeah, I don't remember him in it, but I I remember nothing about the third one, so. Yeah,
0: Yeah, I feel like he was like, you know, one of the villains or something, in the third one. Um, All right. stefan johnson the hunger games mocking jay that would be four movies with uh hoff with uh philip swinger hoffman and julianne moore in a row next one the shining the lead actor plays a character who shares his name yep
1: so you got jack nicholson and jack torrance and jeff bridges and jeff Lebowski.
0: oh i didn't put that together that's a fun connection uh monsters inc uh, steve buscemi and i wonder if this is the one that was on well he said his Battle order so this might not be yours but uh steve buscemi and john goodman uh friendly enemies monsters in inc. monsters inc
1: i do like monsters inc
0: all right max suggestions cutter's way jeff bridges is a california slacker who sort of tries to solve a mystery with his vietnam vet buddy mm. next one the big sleep Lubowski is a ripoff or is a riff on Raymond Chandler stories. A bunch of the character types in The Big Sleep map directly to characters in The Big Lebowski. Also, the title of the movie, he didn't say this. I'm just saying that The mm-hmm. Big Sleep and The mm-hmm. Big Lebowski mapped together as well. There you
2: go. Which Big Sleep is he talking about? He's talking about the Humphrey uh, Bogart Yeah, yeah, call. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay. Bogart.
0: yeah, Yeah, don't Bogart it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, all right, Megan the Librarian. I'm not there from 2007. She said I watched a bunch of Bob Dylan movies on Saturday, including this one, which. Can, coincidentally connects well to the big lebowski bob dylan's on the soundtrack julianne moore is in it there's a female character who's a painter the narrator in i'm not there and i really uh, i really thought was uh, sam elliott it turns out to be chris christopherson but close enough and they were both in versions of a star is born speaking of which 2018. It came up earlier. Stars Born is her other connection. Uh, thinking of, about all the different versions of Stars Born leads me back to Bob Dylan, because after spending all day with Bob, went back and listened to the 32 Fans episode where they did the Greatest Minnesotan bracket. I'm glad Dylan won, but please tell Chester there is no way the Cohen brothers should have beaten out Julie Garland. She's an icon. Oh. Do you even remember doing that podcast? Because I don't remember that you did that podcast. Uh,
2: yeah, I, I honestly don't remember, but I mean, it sounds like something we would have done. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, all right, she has a couple
0: more uh Roadhouse uh starring Ben Gazzara and Sam Elliott. Soundtrack features covers of CCR and Bob Dylan songs.
2: Uh, we didn't talk about Ben Gazzara in this movie. You know, playing so. at Treehorn. What a strange uh cast casting up. Uh, I mean, you know, he's a I don't know, it just it was surprising me to see him show up there.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't even recognize him. Like I knew I knew him from somewhere but didn't really know where. Like he's a he's one of those that guys for sure. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay
0: um yeah i don't recognize ben Gazzara from anything in particular i'm looking at his filmography right now to see if there's anything oh,
2: that... I thought, in my head he's like a he's like a bigger guy but i don't know maybe i'm wrong
0: yeah um i mean i, I mean he's in a lot of movies i just nothing that's really standing out that like i, I recognize him uh dude where's my car from 2000 where's your card
2: dude yeah <laughs> so, do any other title connection <laughs> that's well, a good
0: one yeah. and uh 2018, Vice, another movie featuring a guy who looks just like Dick Cheney. Is that Walter hey,
2: yeah. who looks like Dick Cheney? Is that? No, the dude. Yeah, the big the <laughs> <he's laughs> <Okay. about> David
3: <laughs>
0: Huddleston. Yeah. Not editing that out either. Don't worry. See, so <laughs> it's even now. Uh, embarrassing. <laughs> all right, uh, Justin wrote in his first time he's ever written into this podcast. Oh, brother, where art thou? Cohen's Goodman Totoro, kind of the third movie in the trilogy.
3: Yeah.
0: And uh, all suggestions, the big sleep, 1946. This is one of my top, you have to have me on for this podcast. Oh, look at this. Oh, and following in the footsteps of the pretty, pretty, pretty good host and uh, offering himself up for this movie. Forget the big name connection. This is basically the same film, but very different. The original novel's author, Raymond Chandler, is cited as one of the big influence, which is very apparent in this film. In particular, it sets a lot of fundamentals of the plot. Uh, a Seamus trying to deal a case for an old wheelchair-bound rich man has that has layers more going on as the film progresses, with pornography, a key driver, a myriad of goons coming up against our protagonist. Huffer Bogat's character, Philip Marlowe, like the dude, is also present in every scene. Mm-hmm. All right, all pitching big on The Big Sleep. Blazing Saddles found the great David Hullstone to be instantly recognizable as... Ridge Ridge Rock Town leader from 25 years prior, who's happy to get help from everyone except the Irish, plays a character that similarly plays with and against our protagonist to achieve his own aims. More than happy to be on for this, but not as necessary as the big sleep. (laughs) And finally, Kingpin. He says, I don't need to come on for this one, but another big 90s bowling American comedy. Yes, let's think about Kingpin as well and uh kyle's suggestion is kajillionaire a heist film with a weird cast of characters a recent favorite of mine uh yeah one i missed from last year but i've yeah i uh, don't kajillionaire yeah so all right um chester hopefully you don't take all of my connections but what are your suggestions
2: the Olin just took a chunk of mine already. So, yeah, so, that
0: can... seems to happen. It's, that's why it's always good to have a ton of connection. Yeah. Suggestions.
2: All right, so, so. And these are in alphabetical order. I'm um, not tipping my hand yet. The first one is Aladdin, a movie that really uh, features a rug, that uh, really drives the plot, really ties the room together. Really ties
0: the movie together.
2: Yeah. Okay. Um. The the next one that was taken by Olin, I read two people, I think, actually. Uh, the next one is Casino. So when Lebowski was released, its 281 fucks was the fifth most fucks all time in a film, behind Goodfellas with 300, Twin Town with 318, Casino with 398, and Nil by Mouth with 428. So I've never heard of nil by mouth.
3: Mm-hmm. Casino
2: is number two. And here's my uh, my Hot Chester take. I've always preferred Casino to Goodfellas.
1: Yeah, wow, that is a Hot Chester
2: take. I think that Casino is by so far Scorsese's most underrated film. And I think because it followed Goodfellas, and Brendan, you talked about this earlier, it never really had mm-hmm. a chance. Um and so, I, yeah, I, I, I would recommend Casino und- here. I
1: agree it's underrated, but I would also say that Goodfellas is a
2: much better movie. But... Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I'm not going to fight that. Well. I've
0: never seen Casino, I don't think, or oh, like wow. not at least like not, you know, cool. in one sitting, seen the whole thing. And it's been a long time since I've seen Goodfellas. So it will be interesting to watch them back to back.
2: Yeah. now I'll say this other than um, two movies which are specifically about the word fuck. So like they don't really count. The uh, the current leader of all time fucks is another Scorsese film. So came out after uh, Big Lebowski. So what is that, uh,
1: Departed? Departed.
2: No, Wolf of Wall Street, 569 dollars oh, that makes uh,
3: sense, yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah, so, all right, so Casino is my next one. Um, Dazed and Confused is my next one, uh, another uh, classic 90s comedy that uh, works much better if you're stoned. Um, another stoned one 90s. that
0: probably would be on my most overrated list, actually. I'm not a big Dazed and Confused mm. fan. Well,
2: okay. Definitely. All right, all right, all right. Uh, Rolling Stone, by the way, ranks uh, Big Lebowski the number one stoner movie of all time, and they have Days and Confused number two, so that would be the connection there. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice. My next one is Death of Stalin. In the Big Lebowski, Steve Buscemi's character seems unaware of V.I. Lenin. In the Death of Stalin, Steve Buscemi's character is competing to follow in V.I. Lennon's footsteps. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so right. that's my, uh, my next one. My next one is Disobedience. Uh, are you guys familiar with Disobedience? Nope. I'm not. Disobedience stars Rachel Wise and Rachel McAdams. As uh, two Shomer fucking Shabbos uh, observant Jews who uh, decide to uh, that they love each other, and we see some uh, some lesbian Jewish sex between the two of them. So oh, nice. uh, yeah, another movie about Favorite. some Shomer fucking Shabbos Jews. There
0: you go. Shomer
2: Shabbos um, is nice. Yeah. All right. Uh, my next one is Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Uh, another 1998 film featuring a lot of drug use and a cameo by Flea. Mm. He, uh, you yeah, you know he yeah he plays a musician in Fear and Loathing. Uh, the next one was taken. Next one was taken. Uh, all right. My last one is the long goodbye. So yes. mm-hmm. people have talked about the big sleep already which, uh which which bogey stars is Philip Marlowe. And mm-hmm. uh, we fast forward three decades. And now we have Elliot Gould playing Marlowe and very interesting cast in this movie. Jim Booten, uh, the uh, the the former Major League Baseball pitcher who wrote Ball Four. He stars in this as in as in one of his few roles as an actor. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Is in this movie um uncredited joel Cohn uh, has cited robert altman's the long goodbye as a primary influence on the big lebowski
1: mm-hmm.
2: so i would yeah, nominate the, the uh, long
1: goodbye has been on my watch list for a while and yep, i haven't so gotten to it yet so i i'd be highly uh interested in going with that
0: but we'll see mm-hmm. we'll see all right awesome Did you have goes? any other ones or is that it no that's Wait. that's it that's your list. All right. My list. Uh, so I had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I had 10 on my list. Um, yep. And actually only one has been taken, but I will not use all of them. Uh, so the first one is uh, the first movie that came around even before we I watched this movie. That is No Country for Old Men because it's a Coen Brothers movie that I just didn't get as much as everybody else. So I would be interested in doing a back to back Cohen revisit of movies I didn't care for that much um, that other people love. The next one, let's see, what else do I want to do for my next one? Uh, I will do a movie that features feet, features a briefcase, features Steve Buscemi, that is Pulp Fiction, so uh, 90s crime caper movie, Uh, and be another big one to do, do uh, Boogie Nights, we do Big Lebowski. We do Pulp Fiction. We're really hitting that era. Uh, next is, uh, I was hoping Brendan hadn't seen this, but he has. But it's a great movie with Philip Seymour Hoffman, uh, again, about crime gone wrong. Uh, one that I feel like not that many people have seen, and whenever anybody does, they love it. That is, Before the Devil Knows You're Dead. Have you seen that movie, Ooh. Chester?
2: I don't remember if I have.
0: Uh, it's Ethan Hawke and Philip Seymour Hoffman play brothers, and it's, uh, it's great. It's from, like, 2007, 2008. Yeah. Um, and then, oh, let's see. I, I'm going to do one more, and I'm trying to decide between a comedy that shares a couple cast members or... Um, a, well, I'm going to do two movies. Okay, one is Inherent Vice, Paul Thomas. So we're going back to PTA, uh, but it's got the same kind of, like, bumbling, weirdo detective. Um, yeah. And I, I saw this last year. Um, I'd be interested in revisiting it. And then the last one, John Turturro and Steve Buscemi in a movie with a guy assuming an identity that is Mr. Deeds. Nice. Go to the Sandman. Man, Man, nice.
1: Uh, So I have a lot of movies that nobody's brought up yet. Um, that's good. Yeah, so uh, the first one I wanted to throw out there... Uh, so the dude mentions how he's a former roadie for Metallica. There's a very famous documentary about Metallica called Some Kind of Monster. That's gonna be my first pick. Um, I thought it would be funny to actually go to it's a, documentary, a documentary about Metallica. Yeah, to mm-hmm. so a documentary mm-hmm. about Metallica. Um, also I wanted to go to a movie that I absolutely love with a main character named Dude, and that's Rio Bravo. From Howard Hawks. Uh, yes. Dean Martin plays a character named The Dude. Uh, there's a Jeff Bridges, speaking of Western slash music movies, uh, there's a movie that's been on my list forever starring Jeff Bridges. He was nominated for an Oscar, that's Crazy Heart, where he plays a country Western singer. Yes. Um, the next one I have is a Steve Buscemi blind spot that came out a couple years ago, The Dead Don't Die.
3: All right. And
1: if yeah. we're doing extra ones tonight, I will throw out a fifth one, and that's going to be another Jeff Bridges blind spot this time, a movie called Tideland, that was apparently
0: very good, but nobody's seen it.
2: So.
0: <laughs> Never heard of it. Yeah. Um, Chester, what didn't you mention? What movies were on your list that didn't make the final cut?
2: Um, I deleted them, so I don't remember. <laughs> 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 Sorry. Cool.
0: I also had Big Trouble in Little China for the word big. And- yeah things getting into trouble lean on pete just because of steve buscemi but i didn't think there was a strong enough connection a simple plan because it seems like a cohen brothers-esque movie where things go wrong and then 10 cloverfield lane just for the excellent uh john goodman performance but again not yeah, good enough I, to make the list
1: i thought about wood suggesting both some kind of monster and woodstock 1969 the documentary on woodstock because mm-hmm. credence Creed, performed at woodstock Mm. Um I also thought about throwing in Raising Arizona because it's the Coens and a kidnapping mm-hmm. uh, gone wrong. Um also thought about Big Fish.
0: Well, I mean, we didn't even talk about like the Coen staples of like kidnapping, yeah. briefcase of money, yeah. characters like they yeah. just have these things that are in like all of their movies, uh, these these through lines.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um sure. also on my also rants uh, LA Story starring Steve Martin. Since this is literally is literally an LA story. Mm. Uh, quiz show starred John Turturro is my favorite John Turturro
0: role so I thought about that as well but that's it for my all-star heads alright so Brendan why don't you read off all the movies that were suggested and then we will each pick one to advance to the final round and uh, then we will pick from those final three what we're watching next week All right, taking it from the
1: top we have Iron Man Argo Blues Brothers 2000 The Hangover Part 3 The Hunger Games Mockingjay The Shining or The Shinning We Don't Want to Get Sued (laughs) Monsters, Inc., Cutter's Way, The Big Sleep, I'm Not There, A Star Was Born, A Star Is Born, born uh, Roadhouse, Dude, Where's My Car, Vice, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, The Big Sleep, Again, Blazing Saddles, Kingpin, Kajillionaire, Aladdin, Casino, Dazed and Confused, Death of Stalin, Disobedience, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, the Long Goodbye, No Country for Old Men, Pulp Fiction, Before the Devil Knows You're Dead, Inherent Vice, Mr. Deeds, Some Kind of Monster, Rio Bravo, Crazy Heart, The Dead Don't Die, and
0: Tideland.
1: What right. are we doing first? I guess I pick. You first. pick
0: first. Yep. Wow.
1: All right. Uh, there are a lot of really great movies to pick from. we've done some classics, we've done some more modern stuff, we've done some 90s stuff. We've sort of been all over the place this year on the movie ladder. True. So we've pretty much covered a bunch of different genres. Um, I actually think that it would be really cool, and maybe maybe this is the only way to get you to watch a music movie, is to have one come up on this podcast and Mm -hmm. force you to watch it. I'm going to go with Megan's suggestion of I'm Not There, both for the cast connections and the Dylan connection. Is I that a documentary a or
2: is it a fictional movie?
1: It's a fictional movie about Bob Dylan.
0: Okay.
2: Yes. What different actors play him in every scene, yep. right?
1: I'm not, yeah. Yep. Different. It's a really brilliant movie. I think it's really well done. Uh, Heath Ledger's in it. Christian Bale is in it. Um, hmm. It's a it's a really well-made movie. Um, so I'm Not There is going to be my suggestion. Interesting.
0: All right. Uh, and, of course, Chester, the only rule is when you are – I'm going to pick next, but then when you pick, you just can't pick anything that you that's – on your official list. It could be something that was taken off of your list. Um, mm. You can't take anything. So you can't suggest a Latin casino. Yada, yada, yep. yada.
2: Uh,
0: <laughs> all right. Uh, for my pick, uh, I think I got to go with the big sleep It was on my list to begin with. It seems like a very clear connection. I like the title connection. I like the themes and uh, plot connection as well. And uh, we haven't done anything that old in a while. So it'd be fun to okay. check out the big sleep.
2: Yeah. The big sleep was definitely the leader in the clubhouse for me. Um, you know, I had it on my list, but then it officially was not on my list because it was nominated by two different people. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go with Before the Devil Knows You're Dead just because it's a movie ah, that something. apparently yes. I haven't seen. Um, yep. uh, I'm looking at it. I don't think I've seen it, and I feel like I should.
0: Yeah, that's great. Uh, I would rec- Even if we don't pick it, I would recommend you watch it. Uh, so Before the Devil Knows You're Dead, The Big Sleep, and I'm not there. I'm pulling those up right now to see what is streamable. Uh, big
1: Sleep, I... Don't know if it's on Criterion or it not. It is
0: not. It is not on anything. Uh, so that's rentable. Crap. I'm surprised it's Uh-oh. not on anything. For the Devil Knows Your Dead is on Canopy and Hoopla. Um, yeah. So if you've got the library subscription, of course, you can get these movies from the library. Uh, you, you can get
1: rent the, the Big
0: Sleep on Amazon, I'd assume. He... Ooh, it says disc. Uh,
2: the Big Sleep is two ninety nine on YouTube. Okay, it is on okay.
0: YouTube.
2: Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, Apple TV, Voodoo, Google. Oh, Twitter, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, oh, yeah, right. it's, okay. yeah. And it's on Amazon that's... as well. So yeah. three bucks.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall. And then yeah. I'm Not There is... Uh, no, these None of these really movies are streaming close. anywhere. Pluto TV, but that's got ads, so <laughs> you don't want to watch that. So you're probably going to have to pay to rent or get from the library any of the three that we pick. So it's three, three very different movies. The Big Sleep, For the Devil Knows You're Dead, uh, which is Sidney Lumet also. Uh, yep. Very uh, great director. Iconic director, yeah. Iconic, yes. To Twelve Angry Men, Dark Day Afternoon, Sorpico. Um yeah
2: and you're <laughs> two the devil knows you're them. dead yeah. it's one dollar cheaper for some reason it's a dollar 99
0: <laughs> oh perfect
2: um although i, I think it's because it's all
0: standard TV. definition unless yeah, you get it on apple tv, TV. TV. Yeah. then you have to pay more
3: yeah um, uh, I, I don't I, know why they
0: don't you they you can get it also on cinemax or um some other service oh spectrum if you have spectrum cable it's streaming on there as well nice. um all right. Uh, well, what do you guys think? Well, I don't. I don't know how to decide. Uh, we can go with Julian Moore one more time before um, the movie. Yeah. Um, I'm not there. Um,
1: yeah. I mean, I think the movie's great, and I think you would like it. But I would also understand you not wanting to go in that direction. But I think The Big Sleep is probably the strongest connection, and two people recommended it, and it was also on Chester's list. Um,
0: mm-hmm. And on my list.
1: Yeah, and it's a blind spot for you, right? You've never seen The Big Sleep. Yep.
0: Is it a blind spot for you as well? Oh, no, it. it's definitely
1: not a
0: big blind spot for me. All right. Yeah, that works for me. All right, let's go with the big sleep then.
2: All, All right.
0: right. Go with the big sleep. The connection is uh, title, and it's also, you know, theme and plot. And maybe you're going to get to hear an Irishman? Is that the preferred nomenclature?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's definitely a part of the appeal for me next week. Yeah. yeah there you go. Uh, I've only heard it's... Olin in, uh, in small clips.
0: Right, that's true, yeah. Um, so, uh, Olin at least we'll have a lot will be listening to this podcast find out. yeah yeah so we'll, we'll know very quickly if we'll know very quickly he slides into those dms he does yeah. yes uh all right big sleep coming up next week we're going back to 1946 uh is this the oldest movie that we've done this year uh it's not uh philadelphia or what's going story
1: last year
0: uh it was this year yeah okay, it's 1940 so yeah. yeah and uh man who shot liberty Valance? oh that was 62 that was later so okay. Cool. All right. Uh but Jester, I do recommend before the devil knows you're dead. Check that out.
2: Have yeah, to go I mean, I'm definitely gonna Absolutely. watch that. I mean, I'm actually gonna see if my wife wants to watch with me tonight. Yeah, it's good.
0: Um it's very colony. So uh all right. Big sleep coming up next week. Uh Chester, you got all kinds of podcasts coming up. what are you uh what do you have yeah. to talk about the stuff you have coming up?
2: Well with last week's guest off on pretty 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 good. We are uh recapping uh we're in the middle of season eight. Of Curb Enthusiasm, we've just covered some uh, all-time classic episodes like Palestinian Chicken. We have a couple all-time classics coming up as well. And we have a whole variety of interesting guests coming uh, both in Season 8 and the, as we move forward to the new season of Kerb uh, in the fall as well. Uh, on 32 fans, uh, next week we start our 32 fans in 32 days. The reason for the season, as <laughs> Kiva calls it. So we will be dropping 32 podcasts in 32 days, which is insane. Um... And next week also, we will be hosting a, a yucky juice tournament. We'll be uh, drinking like 50 plus different sodas to determine which is the best one or pops or pumped um, for that or, or soft drink. If you're not into the whole brevity thing, And <laughs> I don't know when we're going to be posting that, but we're going to be recording it next week. So I think um, we're going to post it live on Facebook, which was Brendan's idea, actually.
0: Oh, nice. Awesome. Look at Brendan.
2: So yeah, for those media. who want who want to watch video unedited and it might be you know can't it might be several hours it might be meandering and difficult to follow. It'll be edited into a podcast eventually <laughs> <laughs>
0: um yes the uh, the yucky juice tournament you guys have done lots of good food you did ice cream tournament, you did uh tournament, beer tournament uh, yep. and intimates
2: yeah, products stuff. tournament,
0: <laughs> yeah, chocolate <laughs> tournament as well with haley strong
2: candy uh, bar yeah the yeah, candy Bar. Candy bar. yeah yeah so um and uh, yeah, one day we may have soup pie we'll have to wait and see but it's uh it's soda or whiskey pop.
0: tournament also gets talked That's about sometimes which might be crazier than drinking 52 different pops yeah
2: it's, it's, we, it's we, we have a list of possible uh, future food brackets uh we yeah. have about 12 items on the list so yeah. we could go in a variety of directions
0: speaking of the aforementioned Haley strong so just another connection on this podcast this is the second time this year that we have done back-to-back co-hosts of a podcast in a row so we had we had uh yeah, we have Av last week. We have Chester this week, and then earlier this year we had Haley and Amy from The Bachelor wrap up on back to back weeks as well. So, actually, they might not have been back to back. They were back
3: to
0: back. Two out of three, at least, yeah. during during rom com month. So, uh, yeah. And uh, if you want a three hour episode about a thirty minute, a uh, three hour podcast about a thirty minute episode of curve enthusiasm <laughs> that exists on the pretty 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 good feed. So yes, uh, yes, that was the thing. So, uh, all right, and uh, we didn't even talk about the best thing you watched, but you did say it was far, it was uh, Big Lebowski. What is uh, something you're looking forward to watching? I guess you already said we're looking forward to watching potentially.
2: So. Yeah, well, you know what I really want to see, and I would have seen it already if I could find someone to go to see it with me, is the Anthony Bourdain documentary.
0: Ah, Brennan saw it.
1: Yeah, I I thought it was three quarters of a really good movie, um, but I won't spoil anything for you. I I, I think that if you wait to until you can watch it at home, you'll
0: probably be happier. Isn't it available yeah. at like HBO Max or something, or not? You
2: have to go to Not the yet, app. but it not will yet. be available. It's coming yeah, it's, shortly. It is. Yeah. 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 yeah, uh, yeah no, in I'm, I've read about it, so I'm aware of some of the uh, the the criticisms and the shortfallings, yeah. You know, towards the end, especially. So, um, yeah, but I still but I do want to see that. I thought it
0: was a
2: really good. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I'm nice. looking. For, I'm really looking forward to the uh, next week's episode of White Lotus, also on HBO. Yes. I need to That's catch really up on that. People say it's great. I'm
1: caught
2: yeah. up on that.
1: I've, I've been really enjoying that show. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, uh, too much content. Just In, too, too
2: much. Too yeah, I'm much. looking forward to the football season starting. Actually.
0: I know. It's it, it's not, it really does not feel like football season is just around the corner. Like college football is less than a month away.
2: It's yeah. Well, when you have to start researching all these teams for these podcasts, you realize, that, oh
0: boy, yeah. yeah. got to remind yourself. Um, yeah, yeah, hopefully everything goes off without a hitch this year. So. We're, we're less than
1: a month from our uh, fantasy football drafts,
0: actually. Yeah, That's fantasy fun. football coming up. Yeah, it's yep. Get those movies in now. Uh, also, less than a month from Big Lebowski going off of Netflix. So if you've not watched it or you want to watch it again.
2: you only got so 27 days. Yeah, get on that. All right. Uh, Brendan, what are you going to watch this week?
1: Uh,
0: I'm hoping
1: to get to the theater to go see The Green Knight. Um, ah, everything yes. I've heard about it has been really positive and really good. Um, also, the Nicolas Cage movie Pig, I'm really intrigued by. A bunch of people have been saying that they really liked it. Um, mm-hmm. But I also am trying not to read anything about it because apparently it's like a really weird movie.
0: So I'm getting, trying to it's getting really good reviews. yeah, uh, it's
1: getting shockingly good reviews and it's especially for a Nicolas Cage movie. Um so I both of those I'm I'm gonna try to see sometime before we record next week.
3: Nice. Right.
0: So we'll yeah, I don't know what I'm gonna watch this week. Um I know on the Criterion Challenge, uh it's gotta watch a movie featured in the Godzilla box set, so I might just go with the yeah. original Godzilla. Like the very whatever the first Godzilla is. Yeah, I
1: think I'm gonna go with the very first King Kong versus Godzilla, that's that'll probably be fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So
1: um, you know what yeah. else
2: I'm trying – I've been trying to uh, get my wife to watch Face Off with me.
0: Oh, that's a good one. That's a very good
2: one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it has not worked so far. But uh, <laughs> when you say Nexus <laughs>
0: um, You got to do like – you pick a – you know, you trade, right? You pick a movie, yeah. and she can't say no, and then she picks a movie, and you can't say no. Yeah, yeah But, j- like, but um, my wife
2: doesn't like movies, and that's like not a yeah. thing because like mo- – it's like saying I don't like food. Like there's many, many, many different kinds of movies, but that's just yeah. her blanket statement.
0: Mm-hmm. so have yeah. you tried kosher movies <laughs> yeah uh have you tried like not kosher
2: have, movies i think people are like not. i don't like beer and i'm
0: like there's a lot of different kinds of beer you might yeah. not like a
2: style of beer it, which- beer is one flavor that's a little more understanding to me yeah and movies
0: yeah um i don't know she just got it maybe she just needs to get into like really cl- critically acclaimed movies you show her like some foreign you know movie from like that french movie from the 1960s that you brought oh, up
1: show her uh, umbrellas of shoreboard
0: yeah Oh, that is really that is a great movie. Oh, it's it in, really it's, it's, yeah. in, it's a French musical. I don't know if she's gonna, I don't know if she's gonna like that. But uh, all right, well, hopefully she likes. Uh, Before the devil knows you're dead, we will not be watching that for next week. I but recommend that we will be watching The Big Sleep. You're gonna have to rent it or get it from your local library, and uh, we're gonna watch a Raymond Chandler story about Philip Marlowe, our first uh, movie featuring him. So Humphrey Bogart. Also, first time we've had Humphrey Bogart on the. Podcast, I believe. It is. Right? It is. Yes. Lots of interesting ways to go from that. Very fun. So all right. Well, we'll catch up with everybody next week for the big sleep. And i uh, thank you again, Chester, for joining us. Uh Chester, where can people follow you if they're interested?
2: on Twitter at Achester99. Is that what it is?
0: I think so. Yeah, yeah it is. Yes. Yep. <laughs> yeah.
2: Okay. Yes,
0: yeah, so I tag you more than you tag yourself. So uh, fair enough. Yeah.
2: Yep. Yeah. And who never looks in the mirror, you know. <laughs>
0: exactly. And, uh, uh, Brendan.
1: Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter and what or not at Fitzy Brennan or on Instagram. Uh, Yeah, that's about it. Um, Other than that, you can just whistle for me. You know how to whistle, don't you?
3: But when his wife said, sweetie, what did you get for me? He socked her in the chopper such a sweet sweet guy was he and her tears flowed like wine yes her tears flowed like wine